want to go, but I'll send, I'll send you a shout. Good evening, welcome to and welcome back to episode 169 of the Brigaders, uh, the Beer Comics and Assorted Geekly podcast. I'm Jeff, um, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Lagalog Stu in the middle, and on the far right, but not a member as far as we know of the far right, um, is Mr. Andrew McGee. How are we doing, guys? We're right. Yes, doing quite well, as well as can be expected in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. See, take from that what you will. <laughs> um, how are we? So we're going to chat through our beers. We're going to chat through our comics as we usually do. Um, we've added a sort of geekery into the subtext of the podcast um, because we all like. I think of we, the three of us, always just chat other assorted nonsense that maybe doesn't fit mm. into the, the standard beer and comics uh, framework. So um, I uh, in a bid to. Um, in a bid to make sure my laptop doesn't crash on us like it had been in pre show, have deleted, have closed all the boxes, including the one that had my itinerary. So why I load that back up? <laughs> and uh, why don't you guys tell us what you're drinking? Andrew? Look, okay. uh, I am drinking, I actually can't even read it, it's called Chillax. And it's, wow. um, I've gone the wrong way here, it's that cold, cold press IP, there we go. Oh, yeah, a cold Williams brew Gross. IPA. I'm mm. not sure what a cold brew IPA is. I think mm. all beers brewed cold, but um, yeah, cold brewed. I'm just touching what it's it um, I learned about this. Um, I, I think I learned about this. It's to do with the carbonation. When I used to do that wee home brew thing, I used to often, mm. um, I used to often talk about cold crash, which, to my knowledge, is when you quite, I think it gets your beer quicker. Like the idea is that you can carbonate. Um, maybe you can bring the carbonation down really, really quickly, or something. I'll I'll Google it, but I would well, be. It, it, it says it's cold brewed to max out the contact time with the hops and amplify yeah. the aroma during fermentation. Yeah. Um, deliciously laid black, gluten free IPA delivers chilled out vibes to the max. Uh, and I'm going to say, having not had a beer um, for various reasons for about three weeks, you can always tell a good IPA because it looks like piss. Um, <laughs> Cloudier the better, quite often mm. with an IP. Um, it hits the spot for me. It's, it's, it's a very, very nice IP indeed. Awesome. Uh, good. Uh, how, did, how did you come across that one? Was that out of a box in the shops? It, it, was, it was out of a box. I, I, I'm still working through all my box beer. Um, yeah. I did manage to get through online and cancel my subscription. Um, with with the you know the box beer well company done. that was sending me boxes, um, mm -hmm. I had three boxes of beer in the shed, and I, I, you know, as, as you are well aware, a lot of beer <laughs> um, around the place, as well as a mm. fridge of beer down there. So I really was maxing out on how much beer I could store. Um, and I'm not sure how long it lasts. Like I put all this beer on here, and then more beer arrives, and it's been there for maybe a year. So I'm thinking, how, how much longer do I have to read it? So it might be a case we need to do like a, a small beer festival in my garden. <laughs> and I'll just get them all out and we can just try and clear them all out in one day. Mm. Um, and then I can start from scratch again. I got given lots of beer over the last couple of weeks by people, mm -hmm. um, including, I don't know if you can see this, but... That's a lot of Brugger or beer. Brew good, a, a wee brew good beer box um, from a very good friend. 
Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Um, who handed that into the shop for me, and then also some uh, of the guys who, who used to come in and game um, handed gave me a, a case of beer as well. So I'm inundated with beer at the moment. Awesome. Hi, Neil. Hi, Neil. Yeah, long time no see. Uh, hiatus was long needed for a variety of reasons, and actually, be, for the, I think even just the three of us became more necessary. As the hiatus continued, so um, I think yeah, we didn't yeah. take the hiatus. If we did, I think if we didn't take the hiatus when we did, it was coming a couple of weeks later anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I, I certainly yeah. wouldn't have been able for the last this last two or three weeks. Um, yeah, wouldn't have been for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm back now. Yeah, it was. I think um, I think you would have noticed uh, a definite dip in the quality of the podcast had we had to take a break. So, <laughs> I'm glad we did. Um, and I'm also, guys, can't thank you too enough for actually um, holding the fort for the, the week where I, I I thought I only needed the week and then realised I needed, like, four. <laughs> that, that, that was a funny old week because I think we started quite awkwardly, uh, me and Stuart, because we've never mm. done a podcast just ourselves. And we're, we're kind of, because you and before you call Colin kind of ran the podcast and you know, and, and controlled the conversation, it was just us blethering. We weren't sure how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're both a, a two or three beer podcast type of people, by nine-ish or something like that, and we were on our third beer, we'd <laughs> kick back and took our shoes off, and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we were just blethering a lot of a lot of horse. So um, it, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I think it was a good, yeah. a good show. I enjoyed. I, I it was a really good show. I went through a I went through a period of just putting on like putting on shit to, to listen to in the background, and mm-hmm. uh, it definitely fit into that. Um, for me, it was, a, it was a really good show. It was a really, really interesting. It's glad to see us back. So, yeah. um, hmm. bro. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I overdid it last night in terms of beer. Um, I was in a couple of pubs. I went to Seven Kings for my dinner and had some neck oil, and then I had some Gamory in Monty's, which is a pub in the Pearl one that we're doing a pub quiz. Um, so, uh, and I had a sore head this morning. For the first time in the video, and I was like, "Oh, okay, may have ordered." So I've, um, I've got a, um, I didn't venture out that far and just grabbed a can of. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was looking at the colours there, and I was like, "That looks a bit punk for me." I was going to say, "Is it the, the Aldi knockoff?" But no, no it's, it's the not. original. It, I actually prefer the Aldi knockoff. Talking about the Aldi knockoff, I it was my friend Tom's birthday last week. Um, Tom's a drinking buddy of me and Andrew's, and he. Uh, um, I bought him because they had it for sale and I hadn't seen it for sale. In Aldi and the Fermland, they were selling Yaldi, which was the... Um, oh, yeah. You remember, you remember when there was some sort of feud happening between Brewdog and Aldi? Yeah. Supposedly. So I thought it was very strange that Aldi... Because I think if memory serves, Aldi put out that anti-establishment IPA as their, mm-hmm. like, as their home-brewed version of Punk IPA. And my understanding of the story is that Brewdog got kind of pissed off of that. So they did like a... They did a kind of brutal can that had the Aldi orange and dark blue colours on it and called it Give It Yaldi. Yeah. Well, the the, 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 the pest, well, yeah. Part of me thinks this was brewed up by the people in Brewdog and the people in Aldi's. Let's have a clever marketing campaign to try to try and market both of their beers to try and make up for the fact that both of their beers are seen as being um slightly I don't know. I I've, I've no drank the Aldi's beer, I must have been. I should get it's nice. Yeah. It's all right. It's um it's as good as Brewdog. We talked about it the show before. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. And I'm 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 still I'm still boycotting 
Um, Brewdog, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't give things up, man. It's only been a year or so, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I didn't give things up once, once, once I'm feuding, that's it. <laughs> so it's like feud. And they're being and, particularly and, 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 and annoying yeah. at the moment, aren't they? Like with the whole Six Nations, and they keep touting like their own stouts is better than Guinness, yeah. and it's just like, right, come on now, settle down. Many, many large companies have tried to tout their stout. Has been better than Guinness. <laughs> um, you're you know, Irish, Irish ones Stouter. like, like oh. and Murphy's and stuff like this have come and gone and been seen off by Guinness. Um, I'm I'm fairly sure that they're more really terrified by mm. Brewdog. Yeah. Can you imagine going into a pub in Dublin and asking for a pint of Brewdog stout? You'd get run out of town. <laughs> really. <laughs> but they were doing that, that really. Mate, I can give you thirty second head start. <laughs> so, yeah, that's <laughs> Every man in the pub is going to get you. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think they've done that really wanky thing where they were, they they got the Guinness tour, but they were secretly filming it. And at the end of the tour, they poured one of their own drinks instead of the Guinness. And I was like, oh wow, you just. Oh, it's, it's, this is so punk. I can't believe it. Yeah, because, because they're so <laughs> punk. I mean, they're, they're, they're middle class men mm -hmm. now, and it's just like, oh, honestly, I can't be yourself. Um, my favorite, uh, I was chatting to, um, I had a friend over and we were chatting, and I'd mentioned to her about, we're talking, so I've got, um, I've got a Master Chef cookbook in my kitchen just over there. And it's signed because I picked it up at the Good Food Show about 11 years ago, and I managed to get Greg and, um, Greg Wallace is signing it. And um and the Australian guy whose name is just escaped me. But John Tarot. Uh, so they signed it and they were really sound. Um and um but Brewdog were there that year and it was just as it was like 2008, 2009, just as they were becoming more established. They were there and I, I went through a beer tasting with them and they were obviously trying to hard sell the um equity for punk scheme and stuff like that. So I was telling the story to my friend and then she was saying Oh, like, why are Brewdog so? And I mentioned about going down to Harrogate with you guys and how, like, you know, we, we, um, we, we as a, a group of Brewers, at one point we we're all sitting there with in a um, Weatherspoons with a can of Brewdog or a, a, a pint of blue Brewdog. It was like, we were, we we're just total double idiots now. <laughs> you know, we, we, we've completely sold out on all our morals. But um, she, uh, she I, asked, I, like, I, what I, was I, the issue? When we were in Weatherspoons, I wasn't drinking Brewdog. I was, I was, I was drinking Planet Pale. I think, uh, I, 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 think I, was on, I was on Boom. I think mean I think Colin. I don't. I don't want to blaspheme, but I think Colin was maybe on Planet Pale as well. But that is. If I'm feuding, I'm feuding. I'm just going to say that. I know that guy to feud and then go into a pub and go pinky punk. Nobody can see me. Um, we were. She asked why Brewdog was so. Why Brewdog were so. Right, Brewdog were so such a controversial brewery now, and I googled like their Wikipedia page just to try and like. Give it like a like a summation of or some or surmise what happened, and actually even even says on their uh, on the introduction to their Wikipedia page, Brewdog have um, gained notoriety or some worse to that effect for um, having quite aggressive capitalist sales techniques, despite claiming to be an anti-authoritative uh, punk. I was like, that's quite funny. That that's in their Wikipedia introduction. <laughs> so I don't I don't they can control it. I just still like them because no, no. I think the guy's a bit of a dick. And not even yeah. both of them. I think it's just one of them. Yeah. It's just a bit of a dick. And I feel a wee bit sorry for the other guy. And I certainly feel sorry for the, the, the you know, the people who buy who buy into their, you know, their every time every time they have a 
like their pyramid scheme, yeah. buying more shares and, and you know, you can get free, free, free drinks and shit like that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just a like a dick. It's like one pint on your birthday, isn't it? And you get, um, you get, you get, um, reduced tickets to their AGM, which I think is just like a concert in Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, to Brewdog and, and not enough to Neil, Neil Bailey talking about, um, Guinness. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I will just say about Brewdog, like I, I, I do feel like a, a dick for drinking it, but I, it was also a gift from my seven-year-old who, who was in the who was in the pub the other day. It was like, oh, you're in a second can. That's I'm a good one. Can I? I'm going to Stones. Go to IPA. You just can't mm -hmm. see this guy, but this is so cold. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Martin, talk about Guinness. Martin saying, uh, "We'll always drink a Guinness for the Six Nations." Hashtag boycott Brewdog, and then Neil Bailey was saying. Um, obviously, we're in Scotland right now. Scotland's it's um Six Nations fever is hitting. It's our Six Nations weekend coming up, and Scotland have got a chance to win the whole thing. Is that right? I don't. I'm not a rugby. Uh, no, 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 no. This weekend, if we can beat Ireland, we, we, we're in with a shout because we'll be one of three teams that have have played four and won three. Hmm. If we can beat Ireland, um, but that's a very yeah. big if. Ireland are, are currently ranked uh, number one in the world. Yeah. So. Um, that's in uh, yeah, so uh, Neil said I walked all the way through Temple Bar area in Dublin, walked into a pub and asked for a Guinness. Only thing it's the only pub in Ireland that doesn't sell Guinness. Every step <laughs> possible, but not Guinness. That's actually a good marketing technique to be the only the only non Guinness pub. Yeah, it's probably a wee pint of Beamish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Beamish. I've, I've actually I've, I've drank uh, Beamish is made down in Cork, and I've drank Beamish in, in a pub. You know they say stout doesn't travel, and I've, so I've drank Beamish in a pub, 150 yards away from the Beamish brewery, um, ah. and it, Guinness is still better. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it just is. Uh, I, I I remember having Guinness when I was quite young and like it swearing off it for decades, and then can't remember what. Um, I was doing, a, I was messing about, I think during lockdown, and I got grabbed a can of four, and I was like, shit, this is a fucking quality beer, Guinness. It's probably one of the better, one of the better mass-produced beers in any it, supermarket. It, it really is. If you have it cold enough, it is mm. absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, and a decent pint of Guinness in a, in a, in a pub. I, I sometimes wonder when I'm drink, when I'm out and I'm drinking, I decide to have Guinness, because I've it up a bit. And I, whenever I drink Guinness, I always wonder, why do I ever drink anything else? <laughs> but then I wake up in the morning, Afterwards, I realise why I, 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 I drink lighter oh, beers sometimes. Let's have it your guts. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But it's a beautiful, beautiful beer. Do you, what are you drinking? I, I am drinking, uh, this is the first time I've tried one. It is a tin of uh, Arbor uh, Talus in Wonderland. It's oh, I love Arbor Ale. Yeah. It's the fact that it's like a one pint. Yeah. Like can it like like just fill the glass? Uh, yeah, it's actually quite a nice, uh, lovely, uh, like kind of citrus pale ale. Uh, I I picked up in uh, Dundee from Discovery Beers, and they had several uh, the Arbor beers. Um, but yeah, I just took a random shot, and obviously like the the can art or the the coloring with it being yeah, Talos and Wonderlands. Goes with it, like the Cheshire Cat. Cheshire Cat, yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's quite clever. Quite enjoyed it. They, um, I think they, is Talos the name of the, uh, is Talos the name of the hop? It uh, could be. 
Uh, aye, the American Hoptalis, accompanied by yeah. the wonderful Idaho Seven. Um, they do. Uh, the um, Arbor Ales are great, and actually, they, they have like some of our statuses in the past as well, because we have mm. drank them quite a lot on the show. Um, they have a uh, they have a can like the same. So I think all their can art is kind of it's horizontal lines with different colors. If memory mm. serves, or uh, with Arbor written the way it is, or or, or or similar to that theme. But they have one called My Little Sabrosi, and it's yeah. uh, that's it's like, like the rainbow colored one, isn't it? The rainbow one. That's a phenomenal beer. That was that's been one of my highlighted beers quite a few times in the show. Um, but I usually several hops. So yeah, it's a really good brewery. But I quite like the idea of just building your beer around at one hop. Um, I know you get like mixed beers that will like throw in two or three hops and try and like, but, like mm -hmm. breweries like Arbor and breweries like Salt do it as well, where they just like pick a hop and then that just becomes like the line. Yeah. But no, quite enjoying it. Nice. I'll definitely try more yeah, of their yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, I um I was trying to look up. I I Google beer news quite a lot and see what comes up, and uh, I just thought like funny things about beer. Um, just trying to mix up the mix up the fucking algorithm a little bit. Um, uh, I uh, one of my favourite stories of this week on doing that was from a. Uh, let's see if I can find it. The actual article. So there was a a brewery in a a brewery in Australia called your from uh, the brewery is called Your Mates Brewing Company, which is a quality okay. name for a for a brewery company anyway. But they do mm -hmm. a watermelon sour beer, so Andrew will never drink it. But um. <laughs> the reason the, the reason why these guys were in the news this week um, internationally in the beer community is because they had to do a product recall because there was something they'd apparently put a batch of their beer through what they call a second fermentation um, right. and therefore they were advertising a beer so they, they, they'd sent out a bunch of beer that was over carbonated and had a higher alcohol content than stated on the tin <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, that's absolutely amazing. You just drink this one can of beer thinking it's what maybe three or four percent and it's up in the sevens or eights. You just be yeah. like, yeah. We need to know these things. Yes. Yeah. Getting hammered off what you think's a four percent watermelon sour. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for a start, that's what you get for drinking a watermelon beer. It's just yeah. not natural, is it? <laughs> I think it's okay with sours and all. Like, I'm not a massive fan of sour beers. I do find one I'm like yeah, that's no. incredible. Like, um, Bulk City's Iron Brew one is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think if you've got the right, if you've got the right beer style, fruit works really well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's called cider. <laughs> tractor <laughs> juice, tractor way, <laughs> tractor, tractor. Uh, <laughs> That's a Neil said to try the oh, yeah, the Guinness. Again, it's a bit like you know, I, I, don't, I don't drink tenant anyway, as is well, but, but I definitely wouldn't drink tenant super. Or you know, I do drink Carlsberg, but I wouldn't drink Carlsberg special brew. And I worry it's like that. I, I don't, you know, we're, we're going to take our beer and we're going to make it twice as strong. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't appeal to me. It just means I can drink half as much beer to get the same amount of drunk. And that we end up, if you, you know, if you're having a wee night out, you would only end up out for two hours. And then at nine o'clock, you'd be like, taxi. So, um, well, since I did a night out in Glasgow a couple of weeks ago, and then um, it, it ended up in a sort of stunty place that did cans of, uh, cans of, what's that? The wheat, is it reds? What's the red star? Red, red stripe. The cans yeah. of red stripe for one, one pound eighty. 
just yeah. like gluck, 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 gluck. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, you end up just drinking. Is that strong as well? My friend, I know, yeah, I, think friend about, I think it's about five, but I think it's about, I think it's about it's five. It's 20% stronger than your average sort of beer. Well, it's cheap as well. You're just like, I was just handing it back thinking, you know, and actually, they're not the pink cans. I was just, yeah. I mm-hmm. remember just hammered on like a tenner's worth of beer. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> Just saying, like, um, just getting drunk too quick. Uh, I also read a really cool article today uh, by Uproxx, who are like one of these like lifestyle culture websites. But, uh, I just wanted to ask you guys what you thought. They did the best to visit in 2023. How many, what uh, what country do you think had more breweries, uh, more cities in there that you should go and drink in? I thought it was interesting because it was 10. I, I can name 10 European you, countries and there was maybe only about... Repeat that question again. Got to repeat the question a wee bit, mate. I think we lost you at a certain point. Sorry, it was 10. I didn't actually really ask a question. I just mumbled shit okay. in Europe for about a minute. There, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they mentioned 10 European, city, 10 European cities that were, like, the best cities to go and drink beer in. Um, mm-hmm. What I thought oh, was right. quite interesting is I can, name, I, I can name 10 European countries off the top of my head quite easily. Um, I could probably name most of the European cities, but of these 10... Brewer, these 10 beer cities, there was like, actually was taken aback by the lack of diversification in country. So I was just going to ask you guys, where do you think these breweries were? If you were to... Uh, Ber- really Germany, and, Germany and Austria. Mm. I think you'd, you'd have Berlin, maybe Prague, but Berlin, Frankfurt, okay, so uh, okay. Dortmund. Okay. I used to sleep during geography, so I don't really know anywhere. Just most of the best, like most of the best beer, I think, in the world comes yeah. from. As soon as you North said Germany, that's in the like Belgium. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah. So I thought it was quite interesting. The article was interesting. I think we were talking about the, the, the article was quite interesting. So I think we were talking about things like where you know, like why you would go to that place to drink as well. But yeah, four of them mm-hmm. were in a, four of those cities were in Germany of the ten yeah. mentioned. Um, and there were there weren't cities I never really thought about either. I'm just trying to bring up the article. Have you have you have, yeah, have you ever so been the first thing they said was uh, the first... I've not, but we always talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, I, love I want to get to I want to get out there. Yeah. yeah. So they mentioned Rome. Rome came up. Okay. Uh, oh. They mentioned Bamberg in Germany. Mm-hmm. They mentioned uh, Prague. In, in uh, Czech Republic, uh, they mentioned Thanks, London yeah. as the only European city on the list. Uh, Cologne hold, in hold, Germany. Hold on, because the only Europeans are the only British city on the list. You mean? The only British city in your uh, on on this list was London. Okay. okay. Uh, then they had is it Plen or Zen Plen in uh, Czech Republic? Don't know. Uh, then. I don't know. Then Brussels in Belgium, then um, Leipzig in Germany, mm-hmm. and then Dublin in Ireland, and then last but not least was Munich in Germany, which I want to go. Um, so yeah, four, four. Munich is only one, four in Germany. <laughs> Two. So Munich do a marvelous um, like I've not I've not been to Munich but they 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 do a brilliant Oktoberfest apparently. Mm. Um, 
and, and so that's that's a great place yeah. to go. Um, I'm surprised Berlin, Berlin didn't get in, but yeah, I would have said definitely Berlin. I've got a friend, uh, I've got a friend who... pubs, so I think it's a good drinking area, but it does need like I don't think you get a lot of beers hmm. from Ireland, you know, you get they're, they're, they're very similar to Scotland was in the sort of 70s 80s i think it was like you know they've got their lager which is harp they've got their um which is made by guinness i think they've got guinness obviously yeah. we've got a dark beer called smithix which used to be able to get in this country it was called kilkenny when it was when it was branded through here and it was actually really nice um and caffrey's but i'm not sure if they still make that hmm. But yeah, I'm surprised Dublin made it onto the list. Like, say, for pubs and stuff, yes, but no for brew for breweries and things, you know. Yeah, I think that that was what the article was called. But the article put the link to it online. They often talk to actually like Italy. I don't think it's known for its breweries, but um, but in Rome in particular, isn't? But they were saying like in Rome's like because of its cafe culture is like a total mm. perfect beer city because it's like you can drink and like people watch, and you can't really do that in some of these other places. Well, I thought it was quite interesting about Munich being named. Is I've got a friend, um, Eva, who was a, who was what helped me do do quite a lot of editing on the um the the Brugger anthology. She did a lot of the she did a lot of the format and then the inside covers for us. Um, but uh, she's from that area, and she said what she gets. You mentioned Oktoberfest. She um, I was chatting to her in October last year, and she was talking about how fucking angry she gets because like. She says Munich itself, Oktoberfest happens all over Bavaria, but Munich yeah. itself is like, it's a bit like the Christmas market in Edinburgh that is to us. There's yeah. like folk folk travel all around the world to go to like one specific area. And she's like, no, Bavaria is, the whole Bavaria, the whole Germany celebrates Oktoberfest. And actually, even if you just got the plane to Munich and then took a train to one of the, like one of the nearby cities in that area, you would have a better Oktoberfest experience. It'd be cheaper. Um, it would be less busy. It would, you know, I mean that she was kind of throwing those ideas out there. So I was like, yeah, definitely want to yeah, go to that area. My brother's a big, big Germany, German, Germophile or Germany file or something like that. And he, he, so he was over there when he was in the RAF, and he speaks Germany, and I think he wants to retire there. And he swears by a place called Koblenz, um, okay. which is uh, I don't know if it's in Bavaria, but he he's been to to, to the thing. He's there. Um, and he says that's that's it's a great place to go. So yeah, she's probably right. You, you would, I wouldn't want to go to have something that the Germans hate. You know, to go to go yeah. to the equivalent of the of the Princess mm -hmm. Street German market. Um, you know, you, you want to go to something more traditional and more more real. So yeah, something authentic. Yeah, totally. We should go to Oktoberfest in Prague. I forgot to say in September. <laughs> make your own <laughs> Oktoberfest. All you need, all you need, is a pair of what do you call these things that they wear? Oh, the lederhosen. Lederhosen, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure Germans think it's hilarious when when foreign people show up in lederhosen. I'm sure they love it. Yeah. It's like it's like you know, you know, Scottish people love it when when foreigners cat about in, in cheap kilts and 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 Jimmy hats for the. I don't like, I, I love it. I love seeing anyone that kill. It's just annoying when it, like you say, it's annoying when it's a it's a Royal Mile fifteen pound number. That's not really a kilt. It's more just a, a skirt that's been sold as a kilt to a tourist. It's actually yeah. kilts are kilts are fucking quality. And actually, I would I'd spawn around in one more often if I could get away with it. I think. Hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so yeah, in it, you know, please fire any beers, comments, related comments, comments. Um, this will be on YouTube as well. That's why I've stuck mm -hmm. the wee beer thing in the corner. There will just be a beer video on YouTube. That's just this section. So yeah, thank mm -hmm. you. If that's why you came here. I checked the algorithms. There's people you can see we spikes in our podcast. If you look at our algorithm, when people like tune in. So thank you for all the beer guys. <laughs> and uh, get in touch if you've got a beer that you think we should check out. Um, we're going to be chatting about comics now. I think is that right? That's year end comics. How uh, how have you guys been on the comic front recently? What uh, have you been able to get much reading done? I have. Yeah, I got. Um, I, I've. I've says what some people know i'm in the process of closing my shop down so i'm cherry picking some of the best books to bring home now um you know books that i've had my eye on for a while but i couldn't justify bringing home because yeah. i wanted to tell them and i look at them now and i think well nobody's got to buy that so i may as well just bring it home mm -hmm. um and, and so that's why i'm going to present to you this week <coughs> the biggest thickest comic um i think i've ever i've ever thing it's it and was Kieran Gillen. Yeah, yeah die by, by Kieran, Kieran Gillen and um, Stephanie Hans, who's a beautiful artist. If you check out Stephanie Hans online, um, she reminds me of it's like Dave McKean sort of style. It's very like painted and. and mm. Absolutely. It's like many it's art pieces. Yeah. It's, it's this marvelous story about a group of kids mm. that are playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's actually, it's, it's like if you're old enough. Um, Neil, you possibly will remember this. If you're old enough to remember the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon uh, yeah. from the 1980s, which was about a group of kids who played Dungeons and Dragons, and they were whisked into the dungeons. You know, the, the games master showed up. I'm going to bring you into the things, and he brought them into the thing, and they had the powers of the barbarian and, and, and the mage and stuff like this. And it's a very similar premise, um, but if it was written, you know, by um, like Gerard Tolkien on acid. So it's, it's it's very dark, you know. And the, the kids are missing for a couple of years, and when they come back, you know, one of them's missing completely. Doesn't he come back? And one of them's lost an arm, and um, none of them will talk about what happened. Hmm. And then they age up normally in in real world, and then when they're age sort of thirty five, they get together again, uh, and somehow get managed to get sucked back into this fantasy land that they thought they'd they'd, they'd lead. Um, it's very dark. Beautifully drawn, excellent with it. Um, I know some members of the, of of our country, the, the Brugiers, are huge fans of Kieran Gillen. Um, yes, you know, <laughs> as a sort of friendly individual, he sometimes leaves 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 a wee bit to be desired. But the, the guys, the guys, are good care in my opinion. Yeah, and um, well, Stephanie Hans is a marvelous, marvelous. You know, if, if if you do nothing else, just go and have a look at some of her art. Um, she's a marvelous artist. Uh, and that's what I'm working my way through just now. It'll that's probably take me a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I really like that idea of um, the sort of the, the post experience with these things. So you often like you often see in, in media like somebody I'm trying to think of guys like you know like the one that springs to mind is Total Recall, where like it ends at the end of this sort of pocket of time or something, some all this dramatic shit's happened. Like all movies, I suppose. Yeah. I'm actually, I really wanted there to be a Total Recall ep movie or like an, a, a, an epilogue where you actually find out what happened after the shit on Mars. 
Um, and like actually, it, you know, if 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 it was all a dream, would he have to fucking like go back to real life, having thought mm. he'd like save the world, or if it was, you know, all, or if it was real, what would happen next? I quite like the idea of um, with that sort of Dungeons and Dragons. They went on this sort of epic journey as a group of kids, and then being like, what happens next? Is quite, you know. Hmm. It's quite cool because, like, you watch when you watch these programs, like, like the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, like, you never, you, they never got home. Those kids, did they? I think because they cancelled the show before. They, can, they cancelled the show before they could get through. So as far as we're aware, they're still, they're still wandering. Didn't you know the Dungeons and Dragons? Um, mm-hmm. Which could be a story in itself. We should do it. Yeah, um, that's that's a Netflix D and D series waiting to happen. We'll be threatened to do an online D and D podcast. We <laughs> did. We just play a game. Yeah, and that. That still happens, I suppose. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we did try to do that last year. I think, um, that's quite that if, you it, if you did it, but you had to pick one of the kids from a Dungeons and Dragons comic, a uh, cartoon, and it's 25 years later. So the wee kid who was the barbarian, who was, you know, cute and hee hee, cheery, cheery, yeah. at 11, but he's now 38 or 40. Yeah. And he's still stuck in this barbarian body and. I'm I, like as I, I I sing totally fucking all the time about is the I, I listen to a podcast called Dungeons and Daddies, and um, mm-hmm. um it's ha, it's third it's twenty eight twenty nine episodes now into its second season, which um has so the um the first season focuses on a group of dads who enter the forgotten realms to um go and rescue their lost sons who have been kidnapped by a malevolent force. Um, series two is about their grandkids, so it's about the um. It's the, the the children of the kids that were rescued in season one, and mm. but it deals with it. It was quite interesting because season one kind of deals with what it means to be a father, um, and uh, season two deals with what it means to be a kid that's inherited like a really shitty legacy. Yeah, and um, it's, it's it's really cleverly done, and I, I quite like this idea that like like I say, you always see the um, you always you know you're always with your heroes during their moments of triumph. You never, I don't know. One of my favourite scenes in the Rocky, the Rocky series is, and it's a shit film, but the start of Rocky Five when he's in the shower, and mm. he, he, he like he's, he's having like a bit, a bit of a meltdown, and then you're like, yeah, we're so used to like being there with Rocky when he's fucking gone twelve Top rounds with Ivan Drago, Drago, and st- mm. you know ended the Cold War and stuff like that, yeah. and then you've got um, and but actually there is like that, and I think we feel it in our everyday lives when you have that whole thing, even just like. Um, the co- the the Comic Con come down when like when you spend all weekend at Harrogate like total or Glasgow totally like chatting to your pals selling comics leathering getting right into the zone and then there's the Sunday night when you get home and you're like your your head's still buzzing a wee bit but yeah. you, you, you're so yeah. tired so tired um, I think you you you've spoken to me about that Dungeons and Daddies I'd really like the idea that they didn't just play characters everybody who plays D and D plays a character you know I'm yeah. I'm playing this I'm playing the barbarian, the mage, or whatever like that. But they play a character playing a character. Yeah. So the guys play like a, a, the soccer mums, was it the soccer dads? Yeah. Playing the so character. Yeah, um, yeah so they basically invent, like dads. So like Daryl, who is a stay-at-home soccer dad who helps try and coach some team. Yeah. But then when they enter the Forgotten Realms, he acquires the skills to become a barbarian, basically. So that's what you're saying. It's like, yeah, they create, they create, it's written by TV. You know the guy, the guys that um the guys that write uh, Dungeons and Daddies wrote video game high school for Netflix. No, okay. So they um yeah they're 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 established writers. Sort of thing. Yeah. And it, it helps because the storytelling is brilliant. So yeah. um 
But that sounds amazing, man. I'll maybe try and steal it off you when you're finished. I really yeah, no like. problem. I think you can you can you can borrow that you can borrow that sucker, no problem, man. It's, it's a beautiful big book. That's um Andy Hayson, it's great to see his back. This week he read both issues of Dan Butcher's Viper, which you if you've you know you should buy off Dan um if you can't get a copy of it through Dan, you can get the first issue on Comic House, the sort of independent comics um yeah, online reader app. It's really good. And uh, yeah, he says uh, Dan Butcher's Viper is a fun read with great art. It's an entertaining eighties retro buzz. Um, yeah, I took second that Viper's brilliant. We had Dan on the show last year, maybe the year before, talking about Viper. It's very much like an homage to all those quality shows that we all loved in eighties, where there was like a talking car and a helicopter with like loads of like buttons that just did shit. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stu, what have you read this week? Um, I completely forgot about the comic part, but I did manage <laughs> to like feverishly read through a comic just before starting, and it was a uh, Gotham uh, City Monsters. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure uh, from when it was. I mean, it's got an advert for Joker on the back, so it'll be from yeah. around about then. But no, it's just kind of like first issue kind of just introducing you to several characters like Killer Croc, Frankenstein, the Orca, uh, a guy that I was convinced was Morbius, but it's a guy called Andrew Bennett. and realize that's a Marvel character. Uh, But yeah, there's there's something happening. Someone's being resurrected and it's getting all these monsters' attention. But probably my favorite bit to show off is this part where... um, Andrew Bennett's getting cut straight in half by Frankenstein. Nice. There's always just kind of like one one shot in the comments like, oh, that that would look mint on the side of a panel van. (laughs) (laughs) Frankenstein is a hugely underused character. they've They've got a version of Frankenstein in the DC universe. Um, they, they were used all through the. Uh, what was they, they did a. They did a crossover event about five or six years ago, which crossed mm-hmm. over multiple titles. Um, right. And it was it wasn't very good, to be honest with you. Um, but he was he was he was a massive character in that. Mm-hmm. It was one of those horrible ones that, that ended up going nowhere. It was ah. like, you know, Terry Terry, what's his face? The Batman Beyond came back from the future to. To try and stop something from happening, from happening, I think Brother I taking over the world and stuff like this. Um, and it was 48 issues, and at the end of the, that, God. he died and didn't manage to stop the future. And the only thing that changed was that Tim Drake went on to become the new Batman Beyond. <laughs> and it was just, you ever, you ever read a comic? You ever become invested in a yeah. comic for 48 issues? It was, it was, think about it weekly, so it was like a year of your life. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you were like, I wish I hadn't read that. Well, this was this was that. Yeah, and, and that's it. I mean, this is like a, a four dollar comic, so that times forty eight. Yeah, yeah. I Imagine like your, your actual investment yeah. of time was, and money. It was a massive investment. I think I've still got multiple copies of some of the issues um, sitting in boxes in the shop. Um, but yeah, one one of the things that did work in it though, which which is where I was going, was was, was Frankenstein. Frankenstein had a like a sort of recurring. Mm-hmm. Slowly going through it. Yeah, uh, and that's okay. it. Uh, I, I always kind of enjoy the like the, the monster side of DC, like 
with uh, like Constantine and uh, Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of like my go-tos. If I see their books in a shop, I'll tend to pick a couple of those up. Um, but yeah, uh, Gotham City Monsters. There's uh, six monstrous heroes, uh, one multiversal threat. But it was uh, Stephen, or sorry, Steve Orlando was the writer. I'm not sure if that's a familiar name to either of you. Not to me. Yeah. No, I don't know. It is all the credits was like at the back, which really threw me off. Uh, artist is a, a manake Nafana. Okay, it's a name I can't pronounce. Let's see okay. if I could hold it to the camera. <laughs> so <laughs> I could either butcher your name or uh, just under chapter one. Don't recognize any names on that. Not Nahuel Pan, maybe. Nahuel Pan. I'm an anti Manuel Pan. Manuel Pan. Yeah. I mean, the artwork's awesome. I showed you like that one. It was there. Actually, like another cool image. Yeah, that's beautiful. And then it really threw me off because I got to the bloody middle of the comic and all of a sudden it turned into like a vintage Batman comic, but it's actually just an advert for Snickers. Oh, yeah, they did that for a wee while. I remember that. Um, <laughs> that probably, yeah, sort of dates the comic back to about 2018, 19-ish, sort of just before COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I sort of oh, yeah, remember... Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember those adverts and being like... Because I was reading, I was reading a lot of DC about that time, about four or five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Is that, 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 that all that stuff that you were reading at the time? The you know the the Red Death and the, the yeah, Batman Dark all, all around about that time as well. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was what you were saying about like investment. Because um, I tried, I tried for about three or four years. I tried to do like one event a year, so like DC or Marvel tend to have two or three events. But like it is an investment and you have to like you have to go online and find like a reading list sometimes marvel or dc will be kind enough to send you a, or, or to print a list but like and you can go through like various iterations of the list and you can read like i don't know you can read the the pre the prelude and then the, the epilogue and then like the main series or if you want mm-hmm. to you can like buy all the tie-ins you know and they'll be just like a random yeah I, I i did that for civil war the first civil war and there's like a hundred issues or something like that in Civil War. If you if you read all the tie-ins, um, you know the four issues of Fantastic Four and the four issues of things like this, and then it it doesn't give anything more if you just read the main story. Yeah. Like I think the same thing happened. You know, that, that that famously had the moment where um, Iron Man outed Peter Parker as as Spider Man, yeah. and I saw that happen like you know eight times or something like that in different issues. Um, yeah. And then you, you start to spot discrepancies as well when you read them all. Like Wolfram mm-hmm. was in three different places during Civil War because obviously the writers weren't me talking. So he was away doing something with the, the Avengers, something with the X-Men, and then he was in his own title doing something else. Um, so yeah, just I've, I've stopped trying to do full, full things like that. Mm-hmm. I did it with them. Um, I did it with the, uh, the the Dark Knight Metal one, the, the one that I think I gave, I sold you most of them. Um, and there was one person was in there, and then um, I did it with. There was a Thor-centric one called War of the Realms. 
that mm-hmm. Marvel did a couple of years ago, which was good fun. But you're yeah, you're right about discrepancy. You do, but I would also say in saying that you also find like a wee mini arc of a series that you maybe wouldn't have picked up normally, mm-hmm. and that that's always quite a pleasant surprise as well. There was um during the War of the Realms series, which focused on like I know the the dark there's a Marrakesh the Dark Elf basically took over all the realms apart from Earth. Um, and be, a bit one, uh, New York becomes like the last bastion, and then when they um, uh, when the that starts to, when New York starts to fall, Doctor Strange starts to evacuate folk through like the Sanctorium portal mm-hmm. to that what was it that, that 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 place that all the all the um, sorcerers go to in the movie. Oh yeah, the temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it basically sends he starts sending everyone through there using like the the his um his house place as like a like a teleporter and he's just mm-hmm. taking like a couple thousand folk through it at a time while the other superheroes are defending them and eventually he realizes that he's not he's going to run out of time um but you know like new york's going to fall before he's able to get everyone out so he basically does like one big glass blast try and grab as much as he can and he grabs everyone and then but there's like a subplot where the x-men or what's left of the x-men because i know the x-men have gone through the ringer in the last like decade of comics but there's like uh, just one let the last group of surviving x-men have been left behind so they they basically turn uh, a baseball stadium in new york into like a fortress and they're just trying to rescue stragglers in new york and it's just a really cool wee story which i wouldn't have picked mm-hmm. up i was i wasn't just the idea that like and it's like folk hate the x-men because i think the x-men have been antagonists in quite a few series in the last 10 years and but it's just like it's a small group of like Wolverine and Cyclops and that are just trying to do the right thing. It was just mm-hmm. like oh, this is this is this is like a nice wee side story to the bigger story about Thor, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I am. Um, I love it when I, I I love that point where I'm like I need to review something for this week, and um, I throw I I just have a little look at our emails and there's like five you know. So please do that. I, my plan is to like review every comic anyone ever sends us. But um, <laughs> and apologies, apologies that we've been off air quite a lot. And I, um, I know in the last three or four weeks, we've maybe had five emails from people who have wanted to, us to cover the, the launch of their Kickstarter. And actually, a couple of those Kickstarters in the time that we've been on hiatus have been and gone. But yeah, if you've got a Kickstarter coming up this year, please get in touch. And we will do our absolute best to have a look and plug you and review it. Um, for example, I read a really... Um, I, re- I read a really cool issue one today called Hornets that um, was illustrated by Ben Edwards. So Ben Edwards is a, it was written by Jordan Sam Adams, who's a, an award-winning writer from Birmingham, uh, who has written comics for Blue Fox Comics, who are friends of ours. Uh, Disconnected Press and a thousand, a hundred percent biodegradable. Um, I haven't met him, but uh, his, his illustrator is Ben Edwards, who is. Um, a, a comic, an illustrator, writer, and designer from Burnley in the UK. But um, uh, we met Ben at Acme last year. He came and chatted to us for a wee while. And so he dropped to me an email, or he dropped us an email last week to say, I've just drawn this book, Hornets. It's going to get launched on the 21st of March. I'll put the, I'll put all the information in the, um, in the plug. But yeah, it's a really cool series. But set in the near future, sort of 2060. There's a war between uh, like the alliance of the the alliance of America, which is like what the USA becomes in the next three decades, um, and they have like a they have like a special ops group called the Hornets that are an all female group of uh, sort of special ops agents, but they're almost rock stars as well. 
because they're so like popular in 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 their government and I think their exploits are their exploits have become legendary that as well as being like assassins and snipers and shit, they're also like like pinups. And then, mm. but it's dealing with the fact that uh, issue one of Hornets deals with the fact that their government betrays them, basically sells them to the enemy as part of a um, an attempt to broker peace between um, this uh, this American alliance and an international conglomerate of republic who are mm. like who are the antagonists. It's just basically it's all from the perspective of the Hornets, who are a group of um, there's this this group of special force women um, who are now um, who are now in this concentration camp sort of a prisoner war camp in a rogue state having been sold off by their uh, by their own government and they're trying to escape and they're trying to like bring justice to what's happened to them but at the mm. same time there's a lot of like interlinking drama between them like a uh, two of the two of the the hornets were in a couple were in a relationship just before the mission that got them um imprisoned and there, there's been like um there's been dishonesty and there's been cheating going on in that relationship that you know they they're like i think there's that situation where like a fucking raging at you will deal with this when we get home and then they never <laughs> home. it's just kind of stuff like that so really cool um beautiful uh, quite well they uh, quite well drawn so ben ben did a really good job um, a really interesting story where um i think the more i think about it the the, the government that the hornets work for uh are potentially the baddies you know i mean obviously like you would you would assume that the guys that you're following are um, are fighting on behalf of the goodies, but maybe part of the um, maybe part maybe maybe part of the story is this group of this group of heroes realizing that fighting a war for the wrong side. That's mm. that's quite interesting as well. But, um, yeah, written drawn. So that's a full page yeah. panel of uh, just really nicely drawn. Um, oh. I will fire the I'll fire the Pixar link up because it's it's not out yet. A couple of a couple of weeks I'll be up so. I'll talk, obviously talk about it more at the time. Uh, that's Neil saying that he has just bought Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale graphic novel. That'll be laugh a minute, Neil. You'll you'll chortle your way through that one. <laughs> I think it's, it's what that's one of those you know one of those novels that you you see you know a dystopian when a dystopian novel has become to the fact that it could be written as a factual book now. You think to yourself, you know, yeah. the, 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 these novels aren't supposed to be done as as guidebooks. They were supposed to be done as warnings. You know, before <laughs> and the Handmaid's Tale, the one they wanted. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, but yeah, one well, of my favourite. Um, I think I follow a group of Australian comedians called Anti Donna, and uh, one of the one of them put uh, like on these um, a, a Instagram shorts. He put a video that was like. When you're in a funny mood, when you're in a funny mood, but don't realise that your girlfriend's watching The Handmaid's Tale, and it's like just him walking into a room like this. And going, <laughs> like, but yeah, everyone that I know watches Handmaid's Tale, like I like loves it, but also sort of hates it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's anxiety. You it's one of those shows that it's obviously designed to make you uncomfortable, and sometimes stuff is like that. But your your mind your mindset has to be in the right place, I think, to be able to watch something yeah. so uncomfortable. Which oh, isn't yeah. where I am at the moment. I'm only interested in watching things which make me feel fun and light stuff like this. <laughs> so, um, I'm watching the, we the Korean equivalent, uh, which is a oh. show called um, Kim's Convenience. <laughs> it's oh, actually yeah. a Canadian <laughs> show. 
Um, mm. And it's my new favourite show, and it's just so much fun. Lightheartedly fun. Mm. Uh, I am. Um, uh, what was I there? Yeah, I think um, I totally agree. Um, we'll get onto that when we're talking about Sword and Kickery, which I think is yeah, quite yeah. soon. Like, I've got some really. Uh, I, um, I've been. I've been a. Uh, watching programs for the for the sole purpose of being entertained without being challenged and i've quite enjoyed my last couple of weeks of watching daily um yeah um neil let us know how you got on with that um we'd really like to get you on the show again like you you did that video for us a couple weeks ago that was or a couple months ago that was amazing it was very well received so if you want to keep if you want to review the handmaid's tale um that would be absolutely amazing um any other comic stuff oh, i've got um i wanted to fire a couple of things my um my understanding is that Ram V's writing on Batman just now has been regarded as some of the best writing in Batman in a long time. So folks should be checking out. Um, well, everyone knows how Ram I feel v, about Ram V. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's been doing a lot of stuff about sort of that dark underbelly of like this of um which I, uh, when I when it comes out of my mouth. Sounds like every comic written about um, Batman at the moment, but he's writing detective comics just now, and uh, he has been he he started in Detective Comics one thousand sixty two, but um, ha, um, as Games Read have worded it in the article that I looked at this morning about it, um, he has oh, my job. he has steadily been providing a hauntingly ethereal look at Batman and his role in Gotham. So I really like my favorite Batman stories are when they don't have a Batman out of a um, being the shout of like an antagonist. It's when they really look at actually who he is and actually what that role in Gotham actually looks like. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think Grant, Grant Morrison um, is widely regarded as the guy who's done some of the best runs on Batman. Um, and he, he did quite a famous run called No Man's Land, uh, mm. which which ran for a year, and and basically it was and it was through Detective Comics I think, and it was when um, Bruce Wayne wasn't there. Bruce Wayne was you know it was, it was, it was he, he was missing. He wasn't in Gotham, and it was it was everyone else having to step in and fill the void left by by Batman and what that did to them and how how they reacted to it, things like this. So um, yeah. Yes, and uh, obviously, um, we've got another couple of big uh, comic events as well that I wanted to talk about. Uh, we have um, Har, uh, who I think were heavily involved in the Newton story. Obviously, we our, our very own Colin was involved in that. Um, it, it. They have been, for the last couple of months, we've been on a comic art exhibition in, in Howden Park Centre in Livingston, which will be running from the 3rd of February to the 9th of April. Free entry. It's a history of West Lothing and comics today. Um, but we've, um, I think, myself, David, Colin, and loads of other Scottish, um, Scottish and Scottish-based uh, comic creators and international comic creators have contributed to this. Um, it's a comic supported by. It was supported by the Heritage Lottery in Scotland. It was written by Colin Maxwell, but featured work of twenty-three artists, and by uh, and former guests. Um, and yeah, um, edited by Tony Foster, who I'm hoping to get on the show quite soon. But they're doing, um, as part of this massive exhibition, um, they're doing an exhibition. Uh, so there's a Comic Con this Saturday, so Saturday 11th of March. 
from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Howden Park Centre in Livingston. Yeah, I'm going to be there with a Brugader table. I know David's going to be there um, sort of as a Brugader slash um, Glass City. And Colin's going to be there as Colin is always, Colin tends to be there as the, you know, comes with us and then we never see him for the weekend because he's schmoozing with the, with other careers. So, yeah, if you're in Livingston on Saturday. I was supposed to be with you on Saturday with, with, with some comics and a, and a thing like that, but um, because of changing circumstances, I'm, I'm in the shop this Saturday, yeah. so I'm not be able to make it. I hope you have a great time. Do you want to, um, yeah, I hope so too. And if you're in the Livingston, if you're not in Livingston, you should be in Kirkcaldy because I think Colin's got, um, sorry, Andrew's got a massive weekend this weekend in the comic shop, haven't you? So, yep, yeah, second, second last week open to uh, this Saturday. Um, we'll, we'll be open the 18th for the last day, but uh, yeah, still lots and lots of bargains to be had. So, if you're in Kirkcaldy area, pop along and see us before Please. we're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, gonna be there and just I, I just want to rake through all those uh long boxes. <laughs> like this, this is the perfect amount of reading for me like just something i could just sit and read in one go mm-hmm. so if i could find several of those i will be happy and i'll have lots to talk about for future uh Bruggen. well there's there's, there's ten thousand plus comics there's stuart so i'm sure something right. uh, I'll, I'll head along after this and get started then <laughs> that's really my plan as well my plan is on saturday to try and sell as many comics as i can and then I'm going to take what I earn and split it in two, and then take half of it to um, Kingdom Co- um, Kingdom Comics on Sunday with Short- Sunny, um, and just buy as much shit as I can. Nobody there on Sunday, mate. I'm afraid. Oh, I'm not well, I'm not going to do it on Sunday. I'll be next week. Next week then for your your, your last Sunday for the for for, for, the, for the, the big closing down sale on the absolutely. 18th. But yeah, um, I'll sort you out with some deals. Don't worry. Amazing. Right then. Um, I, so yeah, that's two things you should be doing this weekend if you're in Central Scotland, but also just Google your town and the word comics and see what's happening. Um, if you're if you're international, you should be doing that every weekend anyway. Uh, okay, so um, Assorted Geekery. So Assorted Geekery is the part of the podcast where we just talk about all the other stuff that... Um, Books, TV uh, shows, movies, etc. Mm. What are you excited about? What what, what news that's that's come come around has has made you go what the fuck? <laughs> um, and what what news has I've made you go? Of stuff. Oh, I can see that. I've got two easy got ones. Stuff if want to get me out the road. One at a time, guys. One yeah. at a time. I'm sorry, I was just so excited because it's been a month <laughs> and there's been so much geeky shit. Yeah, but Stu, please start us off. Okay. Um, the trailer for the new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated movie. It's coming out this summer. Oh, it just looks yeah. so much fun. It's, it's from the... Obviously, Seth Rogen's got a big involvement, but I think it's from the director of The Mitchells versus The Machines, which is like an animated movie that came out last year or the year before that done really well, but it's this great art style. The Ninja Turtles, like the voice actors have been cast, are actual teenage boys. <laughs> so they've all got these wee high voices. Who would have thought that would just add to the authenticness of the exactly. of product? <laughs> <laughs> One of them gets a knife in the leg and they're all screaming because they don't know what to do. <laughs> and, uh, I love that bit of the trailer because it reminded yeah. me of that whole like when, when you were a kid and you got in a fight and you were like, well, you like got a fight your pointing in a direction it shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. But when you were trying to deal with it as, as well as being like, oh my god, are you okay? Okay, fuck, we need to get an ambulance. Don't tell my mum though. Please don't tell my mum. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's another South Park episode where Butters gets like stabbed in the eye or something like that. <laughs> and they're trying to solve the problem without getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, they, I, they, they, they cover him in glue and pretend he's a dog or something. Because it's, it's a bizarre episode. It's the episode where they were, uh, you know, it was Captain Chaos and, and they thought they all thought they were yeah, anime it was, characters. It was the anime episode, wasn't it? The, yeah. The, um, but yeah, I, you've always been there where you just like the roughhousing goes a wee bit too far. And then, you know, before you know it, somebody's on the ground with their leg broken and like, it was, a, it was an accident. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I was watching. I was watching that thing on Instagram the other day where it was a wee boy um, playing FIFA with his pal, and it was like one of these things like best reaction to a goal ever. And the boy, only about nine, he stands up and he's just like, "Fuck!" and he punches the screen and he breaks it. And then he's like, "I just fucked my telly." I just fucked my telly. <laughs> and he turns to the camera and it's like his pal's still like filming the whole thing, and he's like, "I'm just gonna tell my, I'm just gonna tell my mom something's happened." <laughs> It's like just no, record the whole conversation. That's what that is. The whole that's... thought process. And then, and then he's pal put it up on YouTube. And he's just like, "Hey, well done. You got away with that one, son." Speaking of football, and it would be remiss of me not to mention it. Um, since, since you brought football up, so you you actually opened that door. Um, the bedroom door, Jeffrey. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to the turtles in a minute. It's fine. After, <laughs> after, after, like you know, the, professionally, the worst two weeks in my life. Um, on Sunday, Liverpool beat Manchester United seven 0 in in what was truly a, an extraordinary, extraordinary day and an extraordinary performance. And uh, I've spent most of the last three days on YouTube. I don't know if you watch YouTube or you, if you watch YouTube, but there's a certain subset of YouTube where it's people who watch football. And t- you know Manchester United fans and, and, and watch football and sort of commentate oh, like along as the games on as fan reactions. Uh, so I've spent the last three days basically watching fan reactions of Manchester <laughs> United fans <laughs> reacting to to them getting absolutely pumped. Seven. Hmm. Um, you've got to take uh, you've got to take your pleasures where you can in this world. I think. Yeah. And if it's in the misery of others, so be it. Yeah. But we'll get back to that. I know we're not a football podcast. I know the only. Right, not yet, anyway. That we're here, um, yeah. Is the one that men do in in in, in trunks. So. Yeah. Sometimes it's spandex, Andrew. Calm down. Or sometimes it's spandex. <laughs> More often than not. Um, no, um, I I think that turtle show is good. Um, I spoke to my friend Craig about it this week, and his response was: after Invincible and after the boys, I would trust Seth Rogan to do anything. Mm. So actually, I'm I'm hopeful. Um, he is a fan. I think he um I think he's been quoted in it in um interviews as saying he's trying to bring it back to we he's trying to mash as much as he can with the original comic with the obviously he understands that there's I think 30 years of turtle legacy now and you have to look at it and you go, right, fair enough. Again that there's there's the, the arseholes like me that are like fucking I want it to be more like the comics, but there's also people that want a, just a, a straight out rerun of the nineteen eighties yeah. T V series. Then you've got people that love Fucking love the Michael Bay shit because that's what they grew up with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's it. That's the thing. I, I I'm I'm less likely. You know, I'm I'm less likely to to trust Seth Rogen just off the back. He fair enough. Yeah, he did well with the boys. He had a great, you know, some great actors, some great things. But Seth Rogen's also the man who brought Preacher, um, you know, and and uh, the Green Hornet to the screen. Yeah. Um, so his his track record in comic related stuff is patchy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's hope it's it's the boys rather than preacher. Um, yeah, certainly. 
but we shall see. Certainly, yeah, I think I'm with you. I've been, I've been reading Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles material since the 1980s. You know, I had it back when it was still in black and white, back when they all had um, mm. red masks and they didn't they had to make that decision to have all the masks different colours so that you could differentiate between them. Mm-hmm. Um, to sell more toys. <laughs> yeah, to sell more toys. Um, and I've, I've always wanted a decent movie. I think the last animated one they did wasn't bad. The Netflix one. It was it was it was in was it TMNT. TMNT. Oh right, no, I, yeah, I, I think it was before the Netflix one. I'm sorry, yeah, I there, there was a Netflix one that. last summer. No, no, this was going back a, a decade at least, I think. Oh. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Yeah, it was two thousand and seven. I should know this because I actually, when I was doing it, uh, when I, I was doing Spirit of Inky press, when I was doing my press tour for Spirit of Inky, mm. I got invited onto a podcast that was just basically reviewing. It was a podcast of, of a guy in England who basically reviews comic book movies that aren't Marvel or DC. And so we did we did TMNT and I watched it twice and read the whole Wikipedia article and then all the making of shit so that I, I, I knew what I was talking about. Talk about. Um, it was a 2000, I think it was 2007 it came out. So it was really I just before. I knew, I knew it had been a while. So. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought it was, it was a movie. movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, the, the one I was thinking of, uh, it was called uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, which was like a Netflix movie, 5th of August, 2000, uh, last year. Um, but uh, it was like, had real Terminator vibes that um, I think it was Casey Jones got sent back from the future to help the turtles because the futures went to shit. Uh, I think like Krang had taken over. And like the turtles were sacrificing themselves to try and prevent the like the apocalypse happening, and just for like yeah, let's watch this. And by the end of it, I was like, I am really invested in this. Like this, just looked like a silly cartoon. Like ah, that's not like my Ninja Turtles. But by the end of it, we were all like, that was really bloody good. So I, I, I need to check it out. I've, I haven't even given that a go. I knew that was very well received. Um, I really like the first Turtles movie. You know the one, the early nineties one. Yeah, aye. Yeah, I, I, I like that one. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say the Jim Henson puppets are incredible. In yeah, that, you know, a, a Golden movie. Harvest production. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, totally love it. There's some um, just some amazing character work in that as well. I think it's probably. I would I would argue that that and TMNT the CGI one that Andrew mentions are the mm-hmm. best movies that they ever mm-hmm. did. Um, there's a really awesome. Aw- there's a really awesome bit in the movie where Shredder's kicking the shit out of them in the first movie, and it's one. It's I don't know why it's always stuck with me, but they've gone through about ten minutes of beating up foot patrol guys, um, foot soldiers, and been really like like those funny chat. You know when they're chatting to each other as they're beating up baddies and stuff, and it's all. Mm-hmm. And then Shredder comes in, and, and there's a point where like, like they're all they're all panting. And they, Shredder's just kind of standing opposite a rooftop from them, and they're like, and it's, I think it's Donatello turns around and goes, "Can anyone work out at what point we lost control?" <laughs> <It's> just like, <laughs> he's just totally, he's aware that they've been, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're no longer like the winning the fight. It was like this is pretty, yeah. But I mean, it's also like the best poster for a Turtles movie. That one where it's just the eyes coming out of the sewer drain, yeah. like the pop, the lids. Ah, fucking love that movie. Yeah, I, that that certainly that was certainly one of my favourite adverts. Um, I don't know how far back we can go. I watched them. Um, I watched the Super Bowl, and I think the Super Bowl came out just after we went on hiatus. But um, 
I don't know. I didn't even see the, the Super Mario uh, teaser trailer that they brought out. Oh, yeah. It was like an advert for their business. An, an, advert, an advert for their business. So mm-hmm. good with the, um, yeah. the, um, the, the Super Mario Brother Super Show wrap on. And then, um, Aye. It was, it was very clever. Like that film was going to make a tremendous amount of money and will probably be universally loved. It's just. Like my son that, is counting down the days. Mario, that film is going to be an absolute bomb. It will struggle to make back its production costs, and it's going to be universally derided, just the same <laughs> as you know the, the Bob Hoskins one from mm-hmm. <laughs> from, from, from the nineteen nineties. Will be. This is a, a, a name like apart from maybe was it Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, there has never been a good. Movie based off of a, um, of, of a game. I don't know. People will come up and go Mortal Kombat, or or you know, <laughs> one person in particular maybe will come in and watch see Street Fighter, um, which yeah. ha- did have did have Kylie in it, which is is, is <laughs> got, his, got, his, got his good points. But uh, yeah. the boy from uh, the boy from Adam's family, like in one of his last roles, not his last yeah, one. Yeah, before he dies. Oh yeah. Oh He's brilliant yeah. in that. He's brilliant because he's, he's he's the only one not taking it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and as, oh. a, as a result, it's incredible. There must be a decent comic book movie adaption. I, I haven't really. seen the Uncharted. I know there's the Uncharted movie which came out recently. That was average. Yeah, but... that's what I've heard about that one. It's average. Mm-hmm. What about I, mean, yeah, I want like... to say like one of the animated um, one of the animated Final Fantasy movies. I've got a friend that'll go over it to Spirit Within. Is that no? That's that's the shit one, isn't it? There's one. That's yeah, like... that that was the one where it's like an original story. Um, but yeah, you had Advent Children, which was like some sort That's of sequel to Final Fantasy VII. Um, but it was, it was fine. But I mean, it's even like Sonic the Hedgehog, That's what I was wanting to say. Like my children love that film, and I wasn't disappointed. More than anything else, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm it's got James Mars in it. What could go wrong? I don't, no, I, don't, I, I just kind of see the Mario Brothers one being. I, I will eat like if if it's if it becomes universally adored and makes back its money, I'll come on here and I'll I'll eat I'll I'll, I'll drink peppermint stout or something like that. Now and the seventh of April, me and Jeff will accrue the sweetest of milk stouts. The the, the sweetest have, of milk stouts. Something we'll have them ready the, for you. The seventh of April comes out. Yes, um, my son is counting down the days because that was the, the first date he will be taking his girlfriend on. Oh, he's nine. He's what? He's Seven. nine years old. Nine. And they're going, <laughs> to, see, really so and they're going to see Mario. Brilliant. So that's going to be great. I'm, I might have to buy one of those blinking passes because there's, there's like so many movies coming out this year. Like normally I'm like not that bothered, but um, the. Um, the Dungeons and Dragons movie comes out on the thirty first of March. Looks like it could be a whole lot of fun. It looks like it could be quite decent. Um, yeah. Um, what was this? You've got Guardians ah, yeah. of the Galaxy Volume Three is coming. I don't um, know how I feel with that one. That one feels like it's going to be a bit heavy, even though yeah. it's a Guardians movie. But, um, I watched that trailer and thought, I am not digging how emotional this. Is looking like it's going to be. Um, it looks like there's some cute furry animals in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody's going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. But I think so. I think it's going to be Drax, to be honest. 
like not spoilers, and I've got it wrong. I apologize. Dave Batista has said he's got no important. He hates putting that that makeup process. Yeah, that's him. Once once this is done, he's done. So, the Flash, Flash is looking quite decent. James Gunn's come out and said he reckons it may be the best superhero film ever made. I guess it's going to be those ones that it doesn't matter how good that movie is. Some people are going to boycott it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does look it's good. Ezra Miller. Um, yeah. And Ezra Miller, and it's and apparently it's got Ben Affleck and it's got Michael Keaton in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there could be some other cameos that we've not heard about yet. I'm hearing Linda Carter's possibly is is is, is a cameo in it. Um, which which they definitely like. seem. And I know and, it's a flash and, movie, but I think the, the distinction from the last trailer that. They are leaning more and obviously they are going to be still talking about the fact that barry's trying to stop his mum's death but they are very much leaning in more into the fact that they've got um michael key and batman and they've yeah. got um and they've got supergirl she got more of a she, in the more recent trailer she's got more presence as well yeah. and a very um i definitely I, one of my favorite comics ever is flashpoint and very i got i was getting massive flashpoint vibes from the trailer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that whole like you know, cat that we're keeping out of the sun and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some massive rumors floating about about cameos that they're, they're trying to introduce a lot of, you know, because it's a multiversal thing, so they can introduce different people. And yeah. uh, the big rumor that's floating about is 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 that there's going to be like a Kingdom Come style Superman, uh, you know, with, with a black thing, um, played by a CGI'd Christopher Reeve, um, oh. which. You know, there wouldn't be a dry eye in the house, would there? Hmm. Because he was quintessentially, he was Superman for me growing up. He was, you know, he was, he was, he was the greatest of all the Clark kids. He was, he was the greatest actor to play Super Superman, I think. Hmm. If you give him Kingdom Come as his material as well, because that's a very, if memory serves and like bite of a, of, of, or, or if my feelings are not misplaced. Kingdom Kingdom Comes Superman is not what Christopher Reeve was, was he? He wasn't Kingdom. No, but wasn't... King, Kingdom Comes obviously is, is a much older Superman. Yeah. He's a Superman mm-hmm. who's been retired for fifteen he's years. In dungarees, yeah, yeah, he does wear dungarees in, in, in one at one point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's a much darker Superman who, who can accept yeah, life when he was rejected in favor of um, more violent, more modern heroes. Um, Kingdom Come, as I've said many, many times, is one of the greatest superhero comics ever written. Totally, it's not Christopher Reeve's Superman. But actually, now that you've said that, it's Christopher Reeve's Superman having been rejected by society for not being dark enough or cool enough. Yeah. And and like I said, an older CGI'd Christopher Reeve, just in that sort of as a cameo role, I think would be be nice. It would be quite cool if they brought in, like, um, like one of my favorite moments of the Flash, uh, the Crisis in Infinite Earths, was when they brought in um the Flash from the it was they brought in John Leslie Ship again. As Barry they, Allen uh, from the from the Yeah, they brought him in because obviously he is um he's Jay Garrick. Yeah, and he he, he, play, he plays Henry Allen, and then he plays Earth Three, Jay Garrick. Yeah, but then um then in Crisis in Infinite Earths they had him play um. I think he's Earth ninety one is what they call him. He's from Earth ninety one, but he is Earth ninety one Flash, and yeah. it's um he's he's playing the Flash from the nineties TV series, and well, that's still one of my favorite comic book TV program costumes. Is yeah, the, it, was, it was very molded. Yeah. Had, but uh, that that the Arrowverse what the did very well is it found places for all the actors who'd done the roles before. 
yeah. you know, like um, you know, Helen Slater is in Supergirl as you know as a, as a character, and Dean Cain, yeah. I think, in Supergirl as well, and, and Linda Linda Carter was in Supergirl as well. Actually, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking um, even they had a even Crisis in there for Nerfs, they had um, they had Burt Ward. For very brief yeah, cameo. Yeah. So like, I was like, oh yeah, walking this chihuahua. I'm like, this is amazing. So excited for Flash. Uh, what have you guys been watching? Like, I've not seen you in ages. Um, I picked up a couple of programs based on you guys making suggestions and ended up loving them. But I don't know what okay. you guys have been, what have you guys been watching? Oh no, you you can't you can't just leave it that. You have to tell oh. us which ones have suggested that, you, that you've loved. Go, go, on, go on Disney Plus, everyone, and watch Extraordinary. How funny! Like ah, I, I, yeah. Say that again. How funny was Extraordinary? Have you seen it? I haven't. It's 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 just hilarious. There's there's. So I'm uh, back. It's an easy premise that everybody in the world has a superpower, apart from this one girl who's who's not developed her power yet. Um, but our, our, you know our, our, our best our best friend sort of thing is a girl that can speak with the voices of the dead, and then she finds this cat that turns out to be a man that can turn into a cat, but he's forgotten his history and his names, and he's called Jizzlord. And um, Jizzlord, yeah. It's yeah, it's just the funniest show. If you've got if you've got Disney, just watch this show. It's just so funny, and it's eight half hour episodes, so it's an easy watch mm. as well. It's an easy watch. Hits a couple of emotional notes, but nothing too, nothing yeah. too brutal. Um, I, I quite like the. Um, it's got some of my favourite actors in sitcoms. So um, the, the the main character's mum is played by um, the lady that was si uh, Sister Michael and um, Sister George Michael. Very girl. <laughs> ah, she plays yeah. a. She, 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 she plays a, a superhero like control technology, but obviously she's also a parent who's fucking useless with technology. So like she can control technology, but she can't. She still can't get it to work, which is amazing. <laughs> she she she's absolutely amazing. How she should have won a BAFTA for this role of Sister George Michael. That that one scene where she's at a funeral and she starts this. Am I dead? Is it? Is this my funeral? <laughs> when she's coming <laughs> to speak to Uncle, what's his face? Um, she's 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 amazing. She's awesome. Um, this day, yeah. ah, she is great. That in my my favorite bits is when like um when is <laughs> maybe the first episode where like Claire it's Claire and Claire who's also massive now because of Bridgerton, but she says to him like, you know, we just have to we just have to stick by each other and and like like don't dob each other in no matter what and then the moment like they get into her office she's just like i had nothing to do with it it was all them and then as she finishes finishes talking sister george michael turns around she's like I probably need to be quiet now for a wee bit clear yeah, i think we've all lost quite a lot of respect for you <laughs> <laughs> she's brilliant now. Mm -hmm. so yeah so she's an extraordinary if you've got disney hey, you should absolutely watch extraordinary extraordinary hmm. is brilliant um, I it was Colin and Andrew that told me to watch that. We were in the pub, just yeah, you were just like, check this out. Um, and I it's been one of my favorite shows of the year so far, I think. Yeah, um, well, as, as I said earlier, I've, I've been pretty much like I'm watching try to watch some things which didn't make me think too much and didn't are too heavy. That's why I've not watched The Last of Us for about four weeks. Uh, I'm saving them all up, but I've been watching Kim's Convenience, um, which is got an assorted geekery. Adjacent because uh, yeah, Simon Liu, 
mm-hmm. who is, is uh, Shang-Chi, um, is one of the main characters in it. Oh, well, mm-hmm. cool. So um, there you go. And it's like four seasons and it's on Netflix and it's it's just very, very funny. Mm. Yeah, I absolutely want to check that out, man. I will, uh, I will do that. Just a, 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 uh, a simple like, office-style comedy show about a Korean family that live in Canada and they own a wee convenience store. Is um, uh, Ray Park in that as well? Ray Park, the what Darth Maul? Oh, maybe I'll right. wait. Ah. No, uh, who is right. the, the red uh, face and uh, we'll say the lightsaber? The the Korean FBI guy that's in the Ant Man movies. That was no, also oh, yeah. I can what you mean, and I can why you're getting mixed up here. He's in a show called Fresh Off the Boat, okay? Yeah, which is another show about. Um, immigrants and about I think that one's about him growing up. Yeah, like his childhood or something like that. I just assumed um, it's the same. No, show. yeah, Kim's convenience is slightly is, is different. I've heard of that one, but I've not watched it. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I need a name check because who is that guy? Um, he's great. Uh, I am. Um, he, he, he had quite a fun cameo in a my other program that I wanted to talk about. I went to see Quantum Mania a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and enjoyed oh, yeah. it, but was still massively disappointed by it. I think it wasn't as horrible as folks said it was, but it still had um, it still wasn't great. But he has a very very brief cameo in that where it's mm. made clear that him and Scott Lang are now actual buddies, and they're <laughs> and it's they're, quite they're, nice. They have that moment in the second one where he's you know he's like, "Do you want to go for dinner?" <laughs> oh, well, of course not. He's got magic <laughs> tricks and he's trying not to be impressed by them. Yeah. It's a shame that that one's not getting the things because the, the first two Ant, Ant-Man movies, I think, stand on their own as very, very good movies. I think they're, they're both a lot of fun. Um, I watched I watched the two of them back-to-back a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but, I saw that. I mean, recently watched, watched them. I watched them with Sonny to get ready for Quantumania. Have you seen hmm. Quantumania yet? I haven't yet, no. No, okay, I won't, I won't blow it for you. Then. Um, I will say, um, it's interesting because I used it as the basis of a lesson at my work this week. So we're talking about why we review things and what makes a good review and what makes a bad review. Because um, I had a pupil that told me that Quantum Mania was garbage and I went to see it and I was like, actually, I, I looked back, look back at it critically. Um, I think I went in hoping it would be along the lines of Thor Ragnarok or like a Guardians of the Galaxy because it's dealing with a, a, a new universe that's fucking weird. But um, it's not weird enough. Um, there's things like... Um, a, even down to the point that they hired uh, a famous actor from my youth to play a prominent role. Obviously, Ragnarok had um, or Ragnarok had um, a Bill Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum, sorry, doing yeah. a mm-hmm. doing, um, and then they had a Bill Murray from who's one of my favorite actors ever. He shows up in Quantum Mania, but his role's not what I wanted to be. I was like, no, I wanted you to be like a really good, like a yeah. really funny character, and. It, it felt it sort of stunk stunk casting, and then obviously one of the best recurring aspects of the first two Ant Man movies are the side characters. I really yeah. love, I really love um, like Louise and like the 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 the, the other yeah, the other t- criminals telling these t- t- stories, and he does that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and it sinks up with all the actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even just that squad of guys that like um. No. The squad of guys uh, that help them out. Not, uh, Eastern European that, 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 that believes in witches and, yeah. and things like this. Are they not in it? Yeah, they're, they're not in it at all. And at all? And even, at all. And then even, um, I actually like, 
quite annoying characters, but actually are really nice in their own way. Is um Cassie's mum and the, the the stepfather, mm. who like um, they're not in it either. And I'm like, oh, I really wanted. I I, re- I particularly like the stepfather character who really hates Scott in the first bat, yeah, uh, yeah. the first Batman, but by the second mm. one's giving them hugs and yeah. is like, you know, like, and I'm like, that's I think, really. I was a bit disappointed as well that they, they recast Cassie for no reason that I can see. Like there was an actress played her in in um, you know Endgame, mm-hmm. um, but when it came to make this movie, they recast her for some reason. They ah. wanted somebody. Uh, I, I don't know why they, I don't know why they recast her, but I will say the girl that plays Cassie, she's like a, her. I would say she's a highlight of Quantum yeah. She's brilliant. She's really good, actually. Um, oh, I wish you'd have seen it because there's, uh, there's spoilery stuff that. There's things that have been criticised that I really enjoyed. I understand that the, the CGI is a bit ropey in some of the scenes, but there's a character that shows up that I'm like, I love you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, we, we've spoken about this before, that the Marvel are getting a wee bit lazy when it comes to CGI. Like, yeah. you know, the, the first few movies, they made sure everything was spot on when they went out. And then they started making so much money and the thing was that we needed to get them out quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah. The, the, the CGI started to get a bit ropey. I think the first one I really noticed it in was, was Black Panther. Um, you know, the fight scene at the end was really, really bad. Yeah. Um, and then Infinity War, the you know, the, the bits where uh, Mark Ruffalo is in the, the Hulkbuster armour. Yeah. Um, really, really, really bad. Um, I think, I think, I think my, my understanding, or my, my vibe was, by, by that point, they were churning so much out that, like, maybe... They would have had one. They would have had a massive department or a, a, a combination of departments working on one film. But by the time you get to Black Panther, they've got them doing Black, at, the same, at, the same, at the same time movies, that they're doing television series. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean, that's kind of part of it was the, the, these things are happening so quick that they expect yeah. to get away with slightly ropey stuff because it's moving so fast and you're on to the next yeah. thing. But people pick these apart now. They watch them in quarter speed and, and things like this, you know. So um, yeah, That's, yeah. I think quality-wise, since Endgame, Marvel hasn't been where it possibly yeah. wants to be. Um, qu- 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 quantity rather than quality, I would. I think now. The TV shows have been knocking it out of the park. You know, One Division um, and Loki and Moon Knight, in particular, stand out for me. Mm. Um, they, they've all been really, really good. I think thematically they've managed, but I really like She-Hulk. But I, she I mean, I really, I really like She-Hulk. But you have, I had to, you have to turn off your critical hat because if you, if you, if you look too hard at it, you, you, you CGI is rubbish in yeah. massive sections of it. Um, but then, the, 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 if the story is there, it doesn't matter if CGI is bad, or even if you know what CGI. Like I've got massive hopes for Born again, yeah. um, and they've just confirmed just in the last day or so that John Bernthal's coming back uh, as Frank Castle in Born Again, which is great news. They've got the whole the whole cast back apparently. Um, although I'm not sure if, if Karen and and Foggy have been. Was, um, I've seen that there's a massive online campaign for getting him back as Foggy. They're like because yeah. they were saying like you can't, you, can't, you can't have Matt without Foggy. He's great in everything I've ever seen him in, yeah. which is Daredevil. And the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> I don't know what you did for those 30 years. Two, in two, tempo, uh, two tempo franchises. Two tempo, tra- exactly. I don't know what he did for the 20 years 
between Mighty Ducks and 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 Daredevil, but you know, amazing. Uh, Eldon Henson. I'm actually googling him right now. Eldon Eldon Henson. Born on August 30th, 1977, as an American actor, is best known for playing Fulton Reed in the Mighty Ducks and Foggy Nelson in Marvel Cinematic Universe. the page. Yeah. Also in Hunger Games Mockingjay, part one and part two, uh, which I haven't seen. Yeah. I've seen them. I didn't remember them being in them, but there you go. There you go. He was... Uh, yeah, I don't know any of this other stuff. He was Turk in Dumb and Dumberer. He oh, was, no. yeah, was Billy Zed in Lords of Dogtown, which is actually an amazing film. And he was Gunners in Deja Vu, which is an underrated film that I really, really like. Um, is that John Cusack? No, it's um, Denzel. Denzel, yeah. Hmm. Um, it's a good film. It kind of at, at a period of time where those kind of films were coming out quite a lot. Um, hmm. It was also Doomsday. He, he voiced Doomsday in the short film The Death and Return of Superman. There you go. He's actually done loads, by the way. See if you go in his like thingy. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm sure working as an actor full time since yeah. the mighty, you know, between the Mighty Ducks and Daredevil. I just nothing that springs to mind that he was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing, 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 nothing as relevant. Not, as, not as uh, Mighty Ducks, mighty Ducks or... and, and, and Foggy Nelson. So. Mm-hmm. Do you know who was the original Foggy yeah. Nelson? That's it. In, 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 in the Daredevil movie. Oh, it's um thinking. Don't tell me, don't tell me, uh, director of the first Daredevil movie and the guy that plays. No, I'm doing that one. I'm the, guy, the guy that plays um, a uh, Tony Stark's yeah. assistant, Happy. Is it, it's Happy. I can't remember the actor's name, but it's, oh. the, guy that, it's the guy that plays Happy. It's John Favreau. Foggy, isn't it? John, John Favreau. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's John Favreau. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, Neil. I also started watching Picard um, season three, and it's. I'm enjoying it immensely. Um, although it's frustrating when something only comes out once a week. <laughs> you think to yourself, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm saving it. it. I'm saving it. Um, till we're about four yeah. episodes in. Because I will get really annoyed for that. We're, we're only a week away from uh, the return of, you know, possibly my favourite show of the last two years. Um, it's coming back on, on the 15th of March uh, for its third season. And I know for a fact it's going to be like one episode a week and it's going to be so frustrating. Um, and that is, of course, Ted Lasso. Oh, oh yeah, right so excited for new Ted Lasso. No, um, I'm going to do the same as well. Um, it's, we need to discuss as a group how we're going to watch these programs because mm. um, we could we could water cooler it mm. for, for for the benefits of the podcast, or are we all going to save it up and binge it? Or you know, I don't know. I'll probably end up watching that once once a week as it drops yeah. to be honest with you. Mm. It's just too good a show not to. Yeah. Okay, I'll do the same. Yeah, Ted Lasso's one of my yeah, one of the best shows ever, eh? And that's yeah. Yeah. phenomenal. It's so good. Yeah, um I don't really have much more assort assorted geekery. I yeah, um definitely I think if you watch Quantum Mania, you would uh, you would you would walk away from that thinking this is quantity over quality at this point, which is really disappointing because actually I thought the first two Ant-Man movies, though not the best in the MCU, were really tightly written and hmm. stood out on their own as really fun films. And I think Quantumania, despite having like probably the most exciting premise on paper, was is the most disappointing of the three. You know what I mean? 
I think the, the, the first one was primarily the first the first Ant Man movie was written by Edgar Wright yeah. and um, Brooke Hornish. Uh, yeah. So it had that kind of comedic sensibility that you would have expected for the guys who wrote, you know, the Cornetto trilogy and and, and things mm. like that. Uh, that I used to work with Simon Pegg, um, who was who was in the frame for being Ant Man for for quite a long yeah. time. I think he was he was the choice. Um, I mean, I think this one is like it's like they've gone a completely different direction. And, and as you say, the, the guys who play his friends were such an integral part. Like, it was part of the f- framework of those movies that you'd have mm. that scene where his pal told the story about when he was out and he met somebody and, you know, he does yeah. all the voices and, and yeah. things like that. And it just, it's part of what makes those movies great. And I think if they've moved away from that, yeah. There are some amazing bits. I think what I wanted them to do, I wanted it to be really weird. And actually, they do it a wee bit. Um, but the best thing in there is how, so Scott Lang's so quintessentially nice but also so quintessentially normal. And there's that whole thing like, oh, yeah, I hang out with Avengers, you know, even though I'm just a guy. And that's yeah. a big part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they play about a wee bit with that, where it's like all this fucking weird stuff's happening around him, and he's just kind of going, and he, he kind of just stumbles through it with his nice guy personality. But I wish they just did that a wee bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, wish it, I wish it got a bit wilder, and I wish he was just, and he featured in that wee bit more, but... Obviously, there's like three plots going on at the same time, and they're having to introduce mm. the new. They, they they introduce the new baddie for the next set of Avengers movies, and you know, but he'd, he'd, he'd already been introduced, sort of, yeah. in, in Loki. You know, yeah. Jonathan Majors was in Loki as the a variant a variant of Kang. If anybody's read any of the comics, they'll know that Kang's got uh, multiple variants. There's you know, there's a young Kang, there's an old Kang, there's an older Kang who's, who, whose life's work is to thwart his younger self because, yeah. you know, it's, it's there's, there's multiple Kangs on there anyway. But. They play around with that and actually some, some of the most effective stuff in the film is, is Jonathan Majors' as Kang. Hmm. Um, but yeah, just, it was weird. It's and a like, massive year. Like, as, as a breakthrough year for him. To, you know, hmm. he's, he's got Creed as well, yeah. um, which I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, uh, I like the movies. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was that was one of the major. It was that Mario Brothers and uh, that Mario Brothers and Dungeons and Dragons were the big trailers at the start of the film. Okay. Um, and then the new, there's new John Wick coming out soon as well. That oh yeah, week. this month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the turns in John Wick. The first one was brilliant. Second one, not so much. Third one, not so much. There's I have any of the John Wick movies, um, and this like one it. I think is first one like, very good as a standalone movie. It's, it's very good. Mm-hmm. This I one's going to be about three hours long. Yeah, which is crazy, but it's also got Donnie Yen in it, so I'll watch it. Yeah, um, Donnie Yen's great. Mm-hmm. It's not got um, Morgan Freeman, not Morgan Freeman. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's in it, isn't it? As and as I think they're they're kind of playing around with the idea that's the first time that they've been in the same film together since Matrix. He's, mm-hmm. I think, he's been in all of the uh, John Wick movies. He, yeah. was, he, was, he was certainly in. He was certainly in three. I don't think he was in one. Right. Um, he, was, he was. He was in. He was in two or three. Yeah. Sure he was the guy, guy with the birds on the top of the building, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And yeah. by the end of one, yeah. movie, it looked like they cut him up to pieces, but he yeah. lived. Took a lot of plasters, but he lived. Like I say, one's great, everything else afterwards. The, the, the best sequel, and it's not even a sequel, but there is this this kind of rumour that it takes place in the same universe. Yeah. 
because because of the gold. Um, is is a, is a movie called Nobody. Oh yeah, the yeah, we we Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. Um, the, guy, the guy from Berko Soul. Yes, yeah. which yeah. is a, is is a great movie, and again, a massive amount of fun. Mm. Um, I love those movies. Do you know what one of my favorite movies as a kid was? Uh, was the Transporter with Jason Statham. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, lo- I love just like again, Dimension Returns with those, but that first Transporter movie was more fun than it had any right to be. <laughs> <laughs> like... Comedy chase scenes and almost cartoon-like violence. Yeah, um, it's, it's just things like that. And that. That's the staple of Jason Statham's career since then. I yeah. think he, if he tries to be too serious, it doesn't work. But you know, if he's if he's got to keep on taking something, or his heart will explode every thirty minutes or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a great. What was that one? That was um, Frank. High Voltage. High Voltage was the sequel. All right, so good. Crank. That said, Jonathan said like. Yeah. Crank. First Crank's amazing, and uh, I spent a lot of time in my youth like loving Amy, a- anything that Amy Smart was in. So, um, <laughs> it was like, yeah, when I saw her, Amy Smart, why does she sound in the bill? Who's Amy Smart? We don't know her from. She was, the, um, she was the, 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 the pretty girl in Road Trip. She was in, oh, yeah, yeah. she was also in a, a butterfly effect. Which is one of those movies that I went into the cinema thinking it was going to be funny, and it was like I thought it was going to be funny. I thought, oh, Ashton Kutcher, funny Ashton Kutcher from that seventy show in a time travel movie. This is going to be very funny. Oh, Amy Smart, she's lovely. She she's often the she's often the girl in teen comedies. No, not funny. There's a crank <laughs> too. I voltage. Jesus yeah, Christ. yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, yeah, not funny at all. Don't watch the butterfly effect if you want a good time. <laughs> I am um, one of those weird films. I remember uh, watching the butterfly effect when I was younger, and then I watched like a list program on YouTube where they were talking about like movies that had like movies that had more interesting alternative final scenes or something like that. But actually, the the, the ending of the butterfly effect in the UK wasn't the ending of the butterfly effect in any other country it was released in. Yeah, we got a. Everyone else got a happy ending, and we got a really horrible ending with like. He aborted himself before he. Yeah, he aborted himself. Yeah. Whereas they did the thing at the start of the movie where she'd had three miscarriages beforehand, and and they kind of they implied that it was the previous babies had done the same that they'd lived their lives and everything never never worked out, so they aborted themselves. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Whereas in America, they got like a. They got like a weird twisty one where he basically just decided he wasn't going to chase the girl because if he didn't chase the girl, everything sort of worked itself out. Hmm. I was like, all right. <laughs> Whereas we got we got the horrible aborted baby version. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't go see that film if you're a fan of that seventy show and want a bit of a laugh. <laughs> it's not going to happen with that movie. Um, any other sort of geekery that we wanted to chat? Whether about, yeah. Do we want to? Do you have any wrestling chat you want to talk about, Stu? I, I mean, we could. There was a pay per view at the weekend. <laughs> there was, there was, there was, there was, there was an excellent fight at the weekend. There's a guy called John Jones, um, tapped out very, very quickly. Didn't last any length of time, but that was actual fighting. Um, yeah. wasn't there also Jake well, Gyllenhaal was there? <laughs> Jake, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal was there. Therefore, the Roadhouse remake. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. 
he, he, he thing had some scenes for the Roadhouse movie and they did it in front of a real crowd and a, a real UFC event so that it felt real. Yeah, so I wonder if that was there for like a flashback for his character because I'd just watched Roadhouse at the start of the year. So I wonder if that was a throwback to what he was like before mm. being uh, a bouncer. You I know, think I think it is. I think it's how they've changed his backstory to he's a he's, he's a, a UFC fighter. fighter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but um, okay. Oh yeah, you've changed the the banner too. Changing. So for anyone that's wondering what the fuck's going on, right? So me and Stu used to do a podcast for about a month called the Brew AJ was, which was just an attempt of a Brewgooder spinoff. Andrew, you just please hang out <laughs> and throw throw in throw in outsider references because that'd be funny. But, um, yeah, you, you uh, know exactly what I'm going to say. Every time we talk about wrestling, I say the same things because I've only got, you know, the, the three greatest wrestlers of all time have all retired. Yeah. Um, two of them medically and one died. Um, <laughs> also medical, he was medically, Sorry? yeah, he died, so he's medically unfit to perform. He is the greatest wrestler of all time, the one who would be every single other wrestler in the world ever. Um, died, so he doesn't wrestle anymore. And I can see Stuart going. I don't know who he's talking about. Like you no, have to give me some names. I was like, yeah, I was Eddie Owen Hart. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, no, 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 no. The guy who actually could be everybody else. Oh, it's gonna oh, be like, old British wrestlers, world of sport guys, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to say Big Daddy. I know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about um, Andre the Giant. Like they literally had to fix every. Yeah. I mean, they, obviously they fix a lot of fights anyway, but they, they literally no one was big enough to. He was just freakishly, freakishly big. Um, well, my, have you seen the Andre the Giant documentary that HBO yes. put out? It's amazing. There's a, one of favourite moments as we talk about. He quite often would drink, like he would famously drink like three bottles of wine with his dinner, a full bottle of whiskey, and like two cases of beer. And on multiple occasions, he would collapse drunk in the bar, and they couldn't do anything. They basically just had to throw <laughs> a cover over him because mm-hmm. it was impossible to move him. <laughs> Who's going to lift this guy? So. My favorite story of that documentary. Uh, that documentary is when he filmed his scenes for the Princess Bride, which is a great film, by the way. He's actually really good in it. Um, he's very, very funny in it, actually. But um, apparently, he was so proud of his. Uh, if you watch the documentary, there's a story. Where he's like so proud of his of of his work on the Princess Bride that he would like routinely make people watch the Princess Bride backstage <laughs> with him and be like, "Oh, watch this bit. I'm in this bit." <laughs> like, and folk were so afraid to like not do it that right. he would have whole squads of folk watching Princess Bride nightly. Amazing film. Um, they're yeah. talking about making a remake. Fuck that yeah. shit. No yeah. need. With Leave it Jane Gyllenhaal and yeah. Conor McGregor. They do the whole, um, you know, the uh, the, the things for if, if you're going for a job interview, you have to follow, you know, the way the way the way he does it. You know, greetings. My name is um, oh, yeah. thing like that. Um, you killed my father. Prepare to die. Mm-hmm. And it's like greeting. Uh, introduce yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> give, give give an important piece of pertinent information. And then uh, establish what you're after from the meeting. <laughs> like, That's amazing. Um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great movie. So. But yes, Andre the Giant um, was the greatest wrestler of all time. 
and the other two greatest wrestlers of all the time were Mick Foley and um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And mm-hmm. both of them medically retired now. One with her knees, and I think Mick Foley with his back or his neck or something like that, was it? Yeah. I mean, Steve fought last year at WrestleMania and he had a really good match. Yeah, he was taking suplexes on the in the crowds. Because he's neck and his knees, if something goes wrong, he can die. I'm surprised they can get the insurance for it. Yeah, I don't know Bret Hart was a, he got, he, he is, his, his insurance was the Lloyds of London by the big mm-hmm. bank and um, his, ins- he got his, um his, his, uh, what's that called? He got, a, he got kicked in the pus really, really hard by Goldberg and basically mm-hmm. it was concussed and then was, was deemed medically unclear and he got a massive payout by Lloyds of London for basically having to retire. But as mm-hmm. a result, wasn't allowed to take any bumps ever again. Yes. So, and then, so 2009, 10, he had a match with Vince McMahon that was billed as like a big wrestling match with Vince McMahon at WrestleMania. But then it was like, well, we all know that Brett the Hitman Hart can't fall on his back, otherwise yeah. he'll, otherwise he'll owe Lloyd's of London millions of pounds. Yeah, so, um, all the money. Basically, mm-hmm. ten minutes of him hitting Vince McMahon with things, and it was really like, I don't like this. I, you know, I, I I'm a massive Brett the Hitman Hart fan. I want him to get the. I want him to feel like he's got the justice he deserves for all the injustices that were served to him by WWF in the 1980s. But this is just one. like his brother dying, for instance, yeah. on, a, on, yeah. on an LCD. Yeah, or just in like Montreal. It, obviously, Owen Hart's death, but also the Montreal, like the Montreal screw job and stuff in the late 97. But there was just some. But just like um, I just became Brett Hitman Hart, who was like a middle-aged man beating up an old man for 10 minutes on that, and it was like. This is injustice. This is assault. <laughs> like, like, um, yeah, so wrestling this week, um, I we we do like to talk about wrestling. So we thought we maybe do ten minutes um, and check this podcast under two hours. Mm. But um, this week, this week has been a pretty weird one, isn't it? Like, there's we had a revolution. AEW did revolution this week, which was really fun. Um, mm. I've not finished it all, but what I have watched is probably one of the better pay per views all eight wrestling I've ever done. To be honest. Yeah, it's the only wrestling I've watched this week. I haven't uh, caught anything else. Um, I thought uh, M- I love MJF. Really like MJF as a character. Um, thought he um, he has had quite interesting for a heel, so a baddie. I think quite interesting for a heel. Um, usually, heels make good champions to give like a decent, like a goodie, like a chase. Whereas, mm. um. Actually, MJF is like the rare example of the other way around, where actually he was more exciting as a heel trying to get the title than he has been as a champion. But I think, mm. obviously, give Daniel Bryan an hour and he'll be in, in, in that, that, which is what they did. Put him in the ring yeah. with Daniel Bryan for an hour and aye, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Yeah, definitely. It was one of those ones where you, for, funny enough, you forget how long a one-hour Ironman match is. Like I think I was looking at my phone and I said, we're only 15 minutes in. I was like, Jesus Christ, I thought we we're halfway. Yeah. But literally, like the last 15 minutes of that match was, was perfect. Like yeah. even like the big elbow dropped through the table and it didn't break the table completely. So a little running tombstone, just like weed touches like that. And yeah, I was like, we knew something was gonna give when it went to sudden death. Uh but I love like even the referee getting involved, like, uh, was it Bryce Grimsberg? Yeah. Like, just say when MGF was pushing him and he was like, I will disqualify you and I will give that belt to him. Stop pushing me. 
And I was like, oh, this is good. Just giving that wee extra bit to like the referees. But that maybe wasn't my match of the night. No? No. Um, I really loved how um, the, the Elite versus the House of Black uh, match turned out. Because I've always kind of loved that supernatural angle that the House of Black have, where it's just the lights go out, come on, they're there, they're wearing like the skull masks with the horns, and the lights go out, and then they're in the ring in their signature poses. There's all just kind yeah. of like that supernatural feel to them, and which is which is can be quite ropey. I think sometimes it can be it can be quite cheesy, but uh, the House of Black seems to do it really well. Like it's it's yeah. almost because the aesthetic is kind of North European. Kind of, and it's like it's that Norse, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, the fact that half of them are also like head to toe covered in tattoos as well. Like, there is just something like they look like they are from a horror movie or a supernatural yeah. horror, but it's great. I think it's just nice to see the elite doing uh, matches that isn't against like the death triangle because obviously we had like our best of seven series. Uh, which was excellent. I loved it. But I was just like, right, I need to see them fight different people, though. Like, I want to see, like, Matt Jackson try and super kick Brody King. Yeah. And just that the fact that like, he, he just looked like a fucking uh, like orc from Lord of the Rings. Just this huge, absolute unit of a guy, war paint down his face, and the, just swatting his opponents away. It was brilliant. They're, they're definitely, like... Different kinds of trio champs, aren't they? Because I think I think we've had so far. There's obviously all been the elite, and there's been best not best friends. Sorry, it was um, the um, it was Lucha Brothers and Pat mm-hmm. that were the other one, wasn't it? So actually, yeah. they're a diff, they're they're a different kind of unit. Is this um, is the House of Black? So it's great. Um, fucking love it. I love Malachi Black. Um, mm-hmm. I, I bumped into him at a show that I used to uh, when I worked for Ring of Honor. Not Ring. I didn't work for Ring of Honor. I want to talk about Reckless Intent. <laughs> Worked for Reckless Intent in Livingston in Scotland. Never mind fucking Ring of Honor in Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. I worked for Reckless Intent, and he was there because he was dating a girl. I think I think he's he, he's married now to somebody who's also quite quite um prevalent in wrestling, whose name escapes me right now. But he used to mm. he used to date a girl called Courtney who, who wrestles in Scotland in the UK. And I remember walking into him, and he's like a fucking massive man. His mouth, mm-hmm. but he was he was wrestling as Tommy End at the time. I bumped yeah. into him, I was like. Bumped into him. I was ring announcing. I bumped into him. I was like, "All right," and he was like, "Hiya." But he wasn't in his ring gear because he wasn't on the show that night. I was like, "All right," and he was like, "Hiya," and just he's just a very distinctive looking man with loads of tattoos and looks mm-hmm. like he would kill you if you like looked at oh, yeah. away. Mm-hmm. But I remember just like going backstage and going like, "Who's that guy with the tattoos?" And somebody going, "Oh, it's uh, Tommy End." I mean, like, "Oh, I know him." As a he was big in ICW at the time, and I was like, "Oh, cool." Yeah, yeah that's what I remember him from. But a year later, he was on. A year, two years later, he's on the Brit. He's on the, the American scene. Then obviously he wrestled with the WWE, and then it's like fucking hell. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Guys, I'm going to call it a night, and I'll leave you to chat about the wrestling. Uh, no, man. Thank you so much for joining us, and I'll see you at the weekend, presumably at some point, or maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, don't feel you need to come around this weekend because then you know you're in the you're thinking the weekend, but. Um, Actually, it's the beginning of the month. Is it going to be? It's going to be a. It's going to be quiz night again soon. Is it? Oh, second, second yeah, this Sunday. Week, this, this week or next week, maybe. I'll find this out. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I can't do this week. Next week, that'd be amazing. Okay, thanks, guys. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to call out and, 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 and leave you guys right, to. Cheers, guys. Bye.
Yeah, no, the house of bad guys are amazing. Um, that's uh, Jonathan asking if we're going to WrestleCon in May. So anybody in Scotland, um, the guys that run Acme Comic Con, which we've worked at and volunteered at in the last year, um, mm. they're running a wrestle convention in uh, Acme WrestleCon in Glasgow in May. Um, yeah. and it's the, um, I think I think there when I was there, I, I was at Acme in November last year, and it was uh, sorry September last year, and there um there was wrestling shows being run by Iron Girders Gym, mm-hmm. who I believe um are owned Iron Girders is owned by Wolfgang, who is currently yeah. one half of the one half of Gallus in NXT. No, the tag so champions. Was, yeah, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, that was quite smart. Um, that was quite smart at a. Uh, Acme last year, I spoke to Simon Cassidy very briefly, who's like the voice of Scottish ring announcer, basically. Yeah, uh, he announced the the show that we had in Leaven uh, yeah. last week for FPWA. So, uh, is FPWA an offshoot of ICW? Is it part? Is it owned or? Um, it's almost kind of like in a sense that they they always call it it's an asylum, isn't it? And yeah. this one seems like the abbreviation stands for like five pro wrestling asylum so it does sound like a spin-off um also it's ran by uh andy roberts andy wild who is like an icw wrestler but i think he is also like a fife based wrestler so he teaches yeah. those adults uh juniors children classes that my son goes to and yeah he does like local shows and leaving like once every three months and it always ends up being like a sellout it's an amazing atmosphere. Um, I've never seen like my kids just scream so much. Like, yeah, it's just like when one of the guys is uh, being hailed from uh, Methyl Docks and the, the, the place blows up in the local reference. But no, they were fighting um, New Wave Pro Wrestling, which is a Welsh school run by Wild Boar. Okay. Yeah, so it was like school versus school. Uh, so the show they're doing in June, it's going to be. Uh, FBWA going against Iron Girders Gym. Oh right, um, certainly the Iron Girders guys were really cool. They so they, they ran all the shows at Acme, um, mm-hmm. but BT Gun was floating about Thatcher Wright, um, mm. who uh, I've only ever seen in right wrestling magazines, and he walked past, he walked past me in a, a our table, and I was like, just leaning over, I was like, are you Thatcher Wright? And he was like, yeah. And basically, fair play, he just walked through um the SCCC in Glasgow. Wearing a Union Jack, uh, carrying a Union the book. Jack, oh, carrying a yeah, carrying a blinking, um, carrying Margaret Thatcher's autobiography. Yeah, <laughs> living the gimmick. Um, yeah, totally. And then obviously, um, that's Jonathan who was there at Acme last year. So he met Kez Evans. There were some sort of big names in the Scottish scene there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's John saying, "Hey, well, did I miss anything? I fell asleep. You missed um, all the bits of the podcast. I think you're interested in John." But they will be available <laughs> on YouTube tomorrow um, in sections. So if you want to watch the wrestling bit, watch the wrestling bit. If you want to watch the comic bit, watch the comic bit. If you want to watch the beer bit, watch the beer bit. If you want to watch it all, watch it all. If you want to see Andrew lose a bet on the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you, you were there at Ground Zero. Um, other things, like I don't want to talk too much about wrestling because there's so many other wrestling review shows. That's what they have we I don't know what we enjoyed. Nah, we've only um, got five minutes till we hit the two-hour yeah. mark. So. Yeah, I think that's a bit fair. I um I noticed this week uh, it was it this morning yet or sorry this week's dynamite so I've not seen it yet because it's not been broadcast. No, I haven't either. I did read online that they've rebranded the All Atlantic Championship. Yeah, it's international. Yeah, 
I think Tony Khan's called it leveling up, but um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what that actually means, but yeah, yeah, I, I've gotten used of like used to all Atlantic. Uh, so for them to change it now, it's going to take me getting used to it again. But Orange Cassidy is an excellent champion. Yeah, he is fighting champ as well. Eh? He's done really, I, really well. Like, I think he has a record for like the most title defenses from all the champions they've had. But um, I'd love it if we could spend a minute at least uh, talking about the Texas Death Match. Yes, let's do that. Like just even Hangman's entrance, like they changed up the music. Uh, they had it all like lit in reds and like they changed his gear it proper gave it like the big fight feel for him like almost sort of like yeah. a joint main event and then yeah. just for yeah. moxley to come in and hangman not even to wait just to run out and jump him as he came in through the barriers yeah that was um brutal like i it, hard to I, watch. I watched it thinking like it's very hard to watch and actually very very surprised that AEW do these kind of matches on these kind mm. of on this sort of stage because I can't actually think other than maybe the Attitude Era, mm. which even by the standards of what you're seeing Texas Death Matches stuff that AEW do, still yeah. relatively. I know like folk will check me down and be like, "Oh, fucking mankind's getting lobbed off like the cell and stuff," but yeah. actually like fifty percent of his falls off the cell were accidental. So, <laughs> um, but the, and and none of them were through like barbed wire on pay per view. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's it's still maybe a step below the likes of is it GCW, where it's like yeah. a lot of glass, a lot of fire, light tubes, um, like wooden skewers embedded in people's foreheads. But yeah, whenever someone pulls out a fork in a wrestling match, I'm like, oh no. Yes. Oh, it's a bit like, yeah, okay, I know it's like a safe way to do it, but just watching, like, weren't they like in a figure four and then he just reached into his boot and just started stabbing the guy in the forehead. And the next thing you see, he was just covered in the other guy's blood. And like, how is, what's the safe way of doing this? Like, for God's sake, yeah. I hope these people are all right, but just the barbed like, so wire. Like, yeah, so many points mm -hmm. in a death match, I was like, I can't actually believe that Obviously, there's a rating system. I still can't believe that they're managing to toe a line that allows them to broadcast this the way they're doing it. Um, mm -hmm. It's quite surprising, to be honest. Um, but yeah, and even um, when they were they brought out bricks, like it isn't the usual where it's like the movie prop where they hit it and then it just turns to dust. No, but it's like. Also, I just assume these are props. I hope they aren't lamping themselves with actual bricks. Um, but yeah, just like even for like just chapping, I think it's hand man, hang man's fingers between two bricks, just like oh, please, and then hitting each other over the heads or doing curb stomps onto them. Yeah, that curb stomp was brutal. It was mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, I, I wonder they're doing it. Um, I wonder how they're doing it. I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. I um, I've got I got myself a Fight TV Plus subscription. Okay. Um, in, in preparation for WrestleMania weekend, because there's a there's a group that GCW are part of mm -hmm. called the Collective that do loads of events over WrestleMania weekend. I think basically, uh -huh. yeah, but um, I want to do that one week one year. Go to WrestleMania and do like because it's like WrestleMania night one two. I know it's that's it. Yeah, there's, it's almost like a week's worth of events you could 
go to yeah. it's, it's like a giant celebration of the sport. Yeah, totally. Um, it's interesting. All, all the wrestling now have seemed to have put themselves in a level, a level where they're not engaging in that. I know Ring mm. of Honor are putting on a show on the Friday night in the mm. area, which I'm really looking forward to. Their Aye. super card of honor is on. The oh Friday yeah. Night. Aye. They, have, they been, have you, have you got any of the other stuff? No, not. I'm excited. I, I want to because I'm a big Eddie Kingston fan, and yeah. I've, I've seen that he's shown up there now. Um, so I do want to check it out. And yeah, I've heard about this ladder match. Uh, what's it? Oh, it's to do with Root for the Sky ladder match. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. So they announced them. They announced their first team for that yesterday, I think. And it was um who did it announce? It's um, broadcast on I think if you've got if you go on the Ring of Honor website, you can catch these shows for free at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll just say they, they uh, it might actually be the Lucha Is Brothers. Oh uh, uh, yeah. No, yeah. That, that sounds right now. Yeah. So that's good. No, it's exciting. And that's, that's just that crossover appeal. Like they've developed their own forbidden door where they can have like mm-hmm. they can have Ring of Honor boys show up and um I so even like guys and then New Japan guys, so like Zack Sabre Jr. was on Ring of Honor last night. Yeah. Like, aye. Yeah. And he obviously he's um he's currently the television champion for New Japan, so mm-hmm. it's so exciting. Like it's it's aye, it's that's it. it's not like they're all just in their own individual pawns. They're just so much a crossover so like, even just that ring of honor all elite new japan triangle yeah which isn't really a triangle because then you've got when well, nick gage has showed up isn't he on oh yeah aye. he's done he's done bits and pieces and so mm-hmm. that's exciting exciting and to be a wrestling fan this year like they, they teased that uh what's it brian danielson said he was he was going to return home mm-hmm. to wrestle and people were speculating obviously ring of honor but wasn't the whole American Dragon persona given to him because he went to New Japan? Yeah. So, and they're, they're all promoting, like, I think, was it the G1 uh, tournament is coming up soon? It's my favourite month of wrestling. So, um, honestly, yeah, if yeah. he shows up for that... Hmm. Like, that was so exciting. We need to play about with that. We need to sit as the year goes on and, like, I don't know. I, I want to make this sort of Brewage Outlaws thing quite different than just reviewing wrestling mm-hmm. so obviously as, as, as a, a you know 20 minutes on the brugaders just to talk about what's going on but i generally think we see with andrew i reckon if we got if we if we if use g1 climax for example as a template and be like right mate it's a tournament there's a fucking there's pools of guys mm-hmm. there's like a points-based system i think we could buy it we, we could then um, we could baffle andrew enough with this the stats required to follow the g1 climax that he would be like all over it. <laughs> I think he, he'd, he'd probably be keeping us right. So. <laughs> well, good luck to you on your quests. <laughs> <laughs> I, do think, I, I think I think saying right, oh, like that might be the way to do it. Just turn around to him and go right. This guy's called Brian Danielson. He's fucking quality. We just want to watch. We just want you to follow what he does for the next couple of months on wrestling, and then report back. And then just if it, if it's the G one climax, just go right. Here's here's my New Japan, uh, my New Japan pro wrestling account. Mm-hmm. Here's the dates that this guy's wrestling. Just try and keep up with him and let us know what you think and see where he, see what Andrew like. <laughs> yeah. 
This is good. Right, well, will we call it quits just now? Yeah, anyway, that's it. We've, we've hit the two-hour mark. I've actually just drank all four of my brew dogs, which I'm really proud there you of. Go. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Um, somebody just popped a wee like at the end there, which was 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 quite um heartening. No, thank um, you. Uh, check us out next week. We'll be chatting about our comics and our beers, and we'll have a sort of geekery, and mm-hmm. we'll have um we'll have our wee wrestling chat at the end as well. If anybody has anything they want to talk about, if anyone wants to come on the shows that we do, if anyone wants to um if anyone wants to have their piece of work reviewed, if anyone's got a Kickstarter coming up. If anyone's got a Comic Con that they're running, if anyone's got anything happening in the world of beer, comics, assorted geekery, please just get in touch, and we will uh, we will endure and um, and we will ensure that we that you're mentioned or on the show in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to build the community up again because we've been away for a while. Yeah. Um, all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm finished as well. Uh, I'm doing a live stream on Saturday night over on YouTube. Uh, the lag logs. Hit a milestone at the beginning of the year with a uh, 100 oh. subscribers. So um, th- there's been technical issues between my internet connection and Tom's uh, laptop. So now all those are sorted. So we're going to get together on Saturday night around eight o'clock, have a few beers live on our channel, and have a bit of a clips episode, showing some of our video highlights over the last year, and then inviting some guests on for a blether and a beer. That's just amazing. So, um, yeah, pop the links in there. I'll try and fill this out with links, but yeah, absolutely, you should absolutely do that Saturday. Um, I'm away to, I will catch it up on the replay because I am going to a Bruce Springsteen tribute band on Saturday. <laughs> Not bad. So, but yeah, uh, it's just amazing. Um, we'll catch everybody over the weekend at some point. Get you yeah. recording, get you in Livingston, get you on YouTube with Tom and uh, Miss you messing about. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Take it easy. Peace.